Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Richie Rude. Well, i tell you something, Bulldozer. I am impressed. I mean, I can't come out here and I can't squash an apple with my bare hands. It does show that you do have a lot of power, and you are a man to be respected. But, you know, I tell you, I can't come out here and I can't crush an apple, but there's one thing I can do, and that's get step into the ring and fight as hard as I know how to do and do the best job that I know how to do. And tonight, we're going to search for the next. WWE Diva. Now to vote for these beautiful young ladies, you have to vote. Go to, <laughs> to go to uh, go to uh, WWE. Dial eight six nine four six and vote for <laughs> your you, favorite Diva Search contestant and text message Thank your favorite Diva Search girl. And starting this moment from now, from this. Moment on, this will be the moment, starting now, of the genesis of McGillicuddy. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me at this time, Brock Lesnar, Curtis Axel, and Paul Heyman. I just wanted to get your comments on what just transpired out in the ring there between your two clients and your former best friend, CM Punk. That's the best of the best of the best of the best of the best that this world has to offer. I'm the beast and the best in the world. Paul, say something stupid. You say your name is Finley and you love to fight. I say your name is Finley and you're a bastard. Wow! Can't say that. So you're the man that rules the world. They call me the Shockmaster. You've ruled the world long enough, Sid Vicious. Get ready. Come on, you want a piece of me? You want a piece of me? Come and get me. Come after me, Sid. I'm ready. Along with Davy Boy, Sting, and Dusty Rhodes, we'll see you at the Fall Brawl at the War Games. Until then. <laughs> this is WrestleCast Radio with your hosts, Ryan Cook and Alex Mello. Wrestling time, baby. I'm, how we doing, Alex? It's good to be back in America. Who the hell are you? <laughs> I'm just some dude. You know, just reading the Wait, of, uh, are you me and am I Dave? No. <laughs> Dave Ritter in the house. I have Wait. Alex Mello here ready to have a conversation. <laughs> Wait, so does that mean Dave's in Tokyo in in your form? I, I don't know. We we deja vu enough of this. But welcome back, Ryan, uh, to WrestleCast Radio. Howdy, thank sir. Thank you. Thank you. Are you are you excited for the April fifth WrestleCon inaugural Joey Ryan penis party show? <laughs> I am now. <laughs> I the, I uh, didn't know I was ready for it, but. 
apparently. <laughs> I'm more the, excited uh, about Lucha. anything Brit rests right now, that's for sure. It's uh, it's uh, the Lucha Bros taking on the newlyweds, Johnny Impact and Talia Valkyrie in the main event at this Joey Ryan show. <laughs> Just came Interesting. out. So, Where yeah, is like, the okay. show at? Do we need um, a road trip? It's WrestleMania weekend, so oh, it'll be one of those type shows. Okay. Uh, and they just announced that the Joey Janela Spring Break 3 uh, Mantar will be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. In the, the Cluster Bleep Battle Royal. But, yes, Britt Wrestling. You need to play um, Matthew right now just to have that little Mantar link. Oh, <laughs> Where's that fun little guy? Oh, here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, you have heard the best. You've heard the greatest. They're currently offline because it's an issue of iTunes, something about a hack. So here it is, ladies and gentlemen, for your ears only, WrestleCast Radio. EWI sucks. (laughs) Thank you, Matthew. Oh, my gosh. Mantar. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I wanted to tweet at Janelle and be like, ah, no. But I don't, I don't want to cause any beefs or anything. But no, no. yeah, you you mentioned Brit wrestling. I think that's a hell of a way to to get moving in the right direction here. We got a lot to talk about. Um, I really was hoping I I was uh, I realized I was not able to to celebrate what I was thinking was going to be my victory lap. Um, ah. which you sent on Facebook, which I saw you post on Facebook uh, from what happened at the end of the show because. I had a huge inkling that he was going to come out after the thing was over. And I was realized that I had no way to say it. And I knew you hadn't watched the show yet. And I was like, wait, uh, I can't text him like I wanted to. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut until we get on radio. But um, I don't know. What did you think? Was that the obvious turn jumping right in here that Walter was going to show up at the end of that show to set up a match with Dunn for WrestleMania weekend? (laughs) Honestly, I I popped. I fell asleep during the uh, the main event with uh, Pete Dunne and Mr. Coffee a few times. But the first time, I remember I was just like, "Why? Why does that sound familiar?" You know, with the violins. I I just had Walter's uh, strumming, you know, championship belts around my head, and I wake up and I see the most beautiful image of Walter, <laughs> Pete Dunne, thinking, "Let's go." Do this now. Am I dreaming or what? But no, it's uh, to me. I, I didn't know. Obvious, if you know, meaning so soon. You know, in January, since there's a few months to build. But I will take this all day. Don't rush it, please, God. Do not rush it with anything uh, pre WrestleMania. Because as I stated on on my personal Facebook page. This is a 70,000-plus audience type of match. This is the one where if wrestling fans, which will probably make up 70% of that crowd in New York uh, this upcoming April, I would say, probably, you know, might not know Walter. But after that match, they will know who he is (laughs) and fear him, as they should. And him and Pete Dunne, my God. If we thought Tyler Bate Walter at Hello Wembley this past August was the match of the year, (laughs) this match has a thing to define an era. Yeah, this is, it'll be tremendous. Um, You know, two guys that were very huge on. And it was one thing, too, where, um, they kept talking. No, about not it. a huge mark. I am a mark now 
for that guy in all thing British wrestling. Like I said, Ryan, this is the new Japanese wrestling for me. This is my my 2019. They uh, <laughs> they they kept uh, they kept putting over how long Pete Dunne's reign was going to be um, leading up to this. So I had him instantly going, well, the Joe, if they're putting this over, Joe Coffey's not going to be the guy to end the streak. <laughs> And yeah. um, I, I'm glad that I, somebody told me that that match is still going on. I'm not positive <laughs> if they're right or wrong, but um, it is at my house because, because oh, I, man. like I said, I slept many times. <laughs> I was looking at the grapple app, and somebody had given it a five star. And the first comment on the grapple Twitter was, "Who in all of their mind gave this a five star match?" <laughs> What what, what match would you watch over? This match, uh, Coffee and Dunn from the first NXT UK TakeOver event in Blackpool, or uh, Samoa Joe Roman Reigns at, what was it, No Way Out Extreme Rules this uh, this past year? The Chinlam Mania, as I like to call it. (laughs) We're going to make Samoa Joe a heel, so we'll just make him boring so they cheer Roman. Um (laughs) <laughs> I uh, I think I would watch that because I think it, it would be a shorter match. <laughs> Ooh, that's I mean, possible. I think Joe Coffey just kicked out of another bitter end. Um, <laughs> God, I, I don't mean to bag on it because I love Pete Dunne, but Pete Dunne worked so hard. And Joe Coffey, I mean, they just had... Tell me why he kicked. It was like three bitter ends he got out of. Like even after the third one, the crowd even started like groaning, like ugh. Like and thankfully he just immediately tapped him right after that. And I don't know what the hell they were trying to do when they kept going to the top rope. Oh um, God! Oh, like, I, Joe Coffee just took a bump off the top rope, flat back to the ground. Oh, they're gonna do it again. Oh, now he's gonna kill Pete Dunn as he's falling again. Like, come on. It seems like someone thought he was Buddy Murphy and said, hey, he got a pop when we were down in Australia. Let's throw him against that Dunn kid. And they're like, wait, no, no. This, is, this isn't Buddy Murphy of 2015. So yeah, someone was on something back there. And, you know, I'll give him this, too. I, I'm looking at Grapple because I didn't bring my book because I didn't need to bring my book to the hotel because, you know, I can get it all on Grapple right here. Grapple where it's but, at. You know, I, I can't lie. I went three and a half on it, which still might even be high, but I can't deny how hard those two guys worked. You, they mm-hmm. they were trying and working their ass off. And it's just, I don't know, something with Joe Coffee just doesn't work. There was a couple couple spots where, they, where Dunn was throwing a punch and he was waiting for Coffee to throw him back so he could duck it, hit him with some shots, and Coffee just stood there looking at him. And I'm in my head, I, I can see Pete Dunn going, What are you doing? Come on, let's go. And. <laughs> But I mean, he you know he worked hard, and through the midst of all that, in my head, I'm going, okay, well, WWE is in such a panic mode right now, as is everybody else with all these contracts and everything. Walter's got to show up because if they're going to do the the tapings the next day, the only way you're getting Walter on the tapings is if you bring him in to just do it all at once. So in mm-hmm. my head, I'm thinking he's got to do it. And then when they showed the logo, but they weren't fading out, I'm going, oh, Triple H is doing his NXT wait till after the logo trick, which I saw your guy, uh, Damian Chan, I believe was his name, got juked. Like, yes, yeah. you will do when they turn it off on the logo. Um, oh, totally. I I was super shocked. Like I said, the the first time it, it awoke me because I was like, wait, I thought this was over. I can go back to my 
my gimmick snap and uh yeah that was that was a hell of a surprise man i i rewatched it actually just before the show um just that part and i was like that's a hell of a way to end and i just love how he just walks out of the rain like thinking all right cameras are off you know he's still learning the cues and whatnot but he was just like walking like backwards all slowly like like all right are we off what's going on um i i love that image to me Again, you can call it what it is, um, and not even a passing of the torch, if you will, but this is it just screamed the Pontiac Silverdome to me. I was like, oh, my God, this is your Hulk Hogan of British wrestling. This guy's held the championship for damn near two years already. He's taking out everybody, friends, foes, what have you, you know, competing with super teams, you know, mega teams. And all of a sudden, this big baddie comes out and says no. You haven't, I'm coming for that. And that's why I'm saying this, you know, yes, they could play at the Barclays, you know, get 15,000 people. Hell, you market this match, you're going to easily garner an extra three to 5,000. Better get those seats ready. But for the love of God, they've been, rumor and innuendo has been saying possibly NXT featured matches on a WrestleMania Sunday. They'd be idiots. Not to do Walter, Pete Dunn, NXT, <laughs> UK Championship in New York. Prime hub, they would sell. I don't know what the sellout rate is for WrestleMania, but again, that would move tickets. And you know, damn well, if there's an NXT match that's going to be on WrestleMania, it'll be Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano 7. We'll <laughs> <laughs> see what they give us. And I'm like, damn it. You could have done Dunn and Walter. Is is this the right guy you think to take the strap off of Dunn if they're finally doing it? I mean, if if it wasn't, if it's not Tyler Bates, since you know they they technically did their trilogy, even though the last one wasn't on ETV, um, I I think so. This is the guy you make your Brock Lesnar. This is the guy need to say anything a la a Brock Lesnar and instill the fear and instill the hype that is real from the audience there because they could just sense wow this guy is something special an attraction like Paul Heyman would say did you see the the clip on Twitter that somebody posted from the UK tapings where Walter was in a squash match the first night and the dude like pushed Walter back and chopped him and everybody in the crowd moaned like, uh-oh. And Walter, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Walter chops this guy. And this dude was like, it looked like he got lariated by Stan Hansen. He chopped him so hard. <laughs> and you could see people in the crowd like covering their eyes like, oh, my God, that guy's done. It, that's it. We're never going to see this enhancement guy again. He looked like oh, the dude that the Beverly Brothers um, did that spike. Uh, fall or that like elevated spike straight into the ground thing where they killed that dude almost uh, mm-hmm. on the uh, on the the double team like it was he looked like um like uh what the hell is that dude the Triple H pedigreed right on top of his head I mean this guy was dead he was done it was not he wasn't <laughs> going anywhere and Walter just puts his arms behind his back and just waits for him to get up I'm like oh no oh my gosh. and then the clip cuts off. Like, he seriously, it, I mean, the guy can do a, a tombstone to a, a standing lariat multiples, 
mind you, to the hardest and the loudest chops, I would say, on, on in, in the whole wrestling industry. It would have to be. It's, I, um... it's something crazy. It, it really is just to think how, you know, again, we, we joked and kind of talked, you know, especially with all the whirlwind, you know, before it AEW was official, you know, we we're saying, you know, what relationships are going to, you know, spurn off of this, you know, WWE in progress, obviously having, you know, some sort of agreement, which we'll get into, you know, a little after this, but I mean, it's just, it's NXT UK is essentially like, uh, I, I don't know, a, a, a Monday Night Raw version, but not in a bad way of a progress show. Like that's what mm. this NXT show was because it was nice because I was familiar with all the talent and a, that wouldn't have happened without you and B, you know, it's, I'm more invested into these characters and know these wrestlers more now due to the exposure of progress where I think it's just a nice seamless transition. And to be honest, Ryan, I didn't really see that big of a difference minus a few F bombs, you know, that were casually thrown out there on progress. (laughs) And that's the one thing, too, I'll say, even even looking at the progress, is with, with Progress 82 and the NXT UK show, there wasn't anything that was, like, going to knock your socks off match of the year for me mm-hmm. on any of these two shows. But the shows were just fun. And they were, yeah. they were, you know, once again, aside from the main event going, you know, 89 minutes or whatever the hell it was. I know it wasn't that long, <laughs> but... Um, like it was an easy watch. I was Hot I was at home, you know. Yeah, like I mean, we we can go right into that opener there. Um, Grizzly Young. Veterans I gotta rethink my tag Mountain. team of the year, Mustache Mountain, since technically this was still 2018 tag team of the year. Because wow, I mean, not 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 even that. Sorry, I was talking about the other match there. Um, from the the UK. Which one are we talking first? Sorry, first off. UK, right? Well, I figure might as well do the NXT show since we already talked uh, Dunn and Joe Coffey. Okay, okay. Um, so we had uh, Mustache Mountain uh, gets gets defeated by Drake and Gibson, the Grizzled Young Vets. Uh, this was, I think, uh, the best match of, of the show for me. I went four and a quarter. I it. thought it was, I mean, it's, it's great as always for Mustache Mountain. They continue to just show how great they are every time they're in a the ring. I mean, hands down. Um, I and, no, you know, I, I and and you know how I much thought it was. I you know, you know Gibson definitely receives is is tremendous. I I even saw a sign that said Liverpool's number two with his head kind of in a uh, moving toilet sign. But I mean, he draws legit heat, which makes. The brutality of James Drake just kind of going after, you know, bait and, and seven, uh, just a lot of fun. I mean, this was hard hitting a match I expected to end 10 minutes beforehand, but wanted more. And it was one of those things, too, where in my head I'm going, if they're smart, they're going to have Mustache Mountain lose because everyone's assuming they're mm-hmm. going to win. So yes. I think they, they did the right booking, too, because now if you can keep this going, if you really want, you can have Mustache Mountain chase them. And I think they're mm-hmm. going to be a great team to chase those titles. Um, and, and, you know, like you said, uh, Drizzle Young Vets are over. Uh, Zach Gibson gets heat anywhere he goes. And I thought <laughs> it was a, a great way to, to let him establish himself in that character and gimmick a little mm-hmm. more and really, really get himself as a big, 
big baddie on that brand because there's mm-hmm. not a giant heel on that. I mean, you you kind of could say Jordan Devlin, um, you know, especially with what he you know the stuff he was doing. Yeah, with what he Banks, did. which mm-hmm. was you know next match on the card. But it's one of those things again too that it's people that watch everything. Travis Banks has been such a bad guy, such a heel in progress and defiant and stuff like that. Um, I think even OTT, I can't remember though, but WWE treats him as the baby and <laughs> it's just a little weird every once in a while with the, the correlation, yes. but I mean, they take him out and I understood the, the reason for the injury so they could, they could bring in Balor. Um, what do you think of Devlin Balor? I, I liked it. The, the battle of the, uh, I mean the the battle of the the top Irish wrestler, if you will. No, I love the mentor student, you know, uh, storyline, you know that that they kept talking about between Devlin and Balor and uh, um, Devlin. You know, I, I loved um, you know how they started the match. You know how they thought that you know they they had Banks, you know, shown getting attacked earlier, you know, before the show started by Devlin, and then he still came out, you know, trying to to fight. But, of course, with Devlin, you know, kind of taking him out and then, you know, just seeing, you know, Balor come out, you know, to, I would say, a surprise, you know, albeit, you know, from a few people it was not. Um, but, uh, no, I thought this was hard hitting as hell. Uh, Devlin had some very impressive submission moves, uh, you know, applied to Balor here. Um, but, you know, when it was all said and done, uh, the rock and roll, uh, you know, got his ish in uh, with the John Wu and the Coupe de Grace. Um, but no, I, I thought uh, Devlin um, did a fine job. I, you know, could totally see him as a nice heel, but not, you know, you know, if there was a secondary title on this brand, which I'm not saying, you know, throwing out now, but this was just something, you know, where, you know, he's that, that mid card heel, um, you know, as, as for now, but no, I thought this was a fun match. Um, went maybe a few minutes, you know, a little longer than, than what I, what I expected here. But, um, uh, the one thing that I loved about Ryan was when the crowd went ham as they did all night, which again, made it feel very much like a, a progress esque type show. Um, when everyone was uh, doing the, uh, too sweet woo woo, uh, I don't know if you noticed a <laughs> Balor doing the too sweet sign really quick and putting his hand back. <laughs> you know, and I think that was the kind of the consensus. There's two things that bothered me with this NXT UK show, and it wasn't, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at my matches. I had the four and a quarter on the tag. I had three and a quarter on the Devlin match. The Mastiff, Dennis, I went three flat. Ripley Storm, I went three and a quarter. And the main event, I went three and a half. So I didn't give it, you know, it's not like I gave it bad ratings, but mm-hmm. on paper, this should have been a bunch of four-star specials where we were, you know, we're talking about this show at the end of the year this year for, you know, where does this rank? And two things that bothered it for me was one, it seemed like a lot of these matches just went a little too long. And it's, it was weird too, because there's only a two and a half hour show, but then again, it was only, I think five matches. So, you know, with entrances and stuff, there was, there was a little length to it, and, and it wasn't a bad length, but it was one of those Finn Balor's going to the Royal Rumble to wrestle Brock Lesnar. He mm-hmm. shouldn't be having this much trouble with Jordan Devlin. And I understand that's overthinking it in a way of you, you're going to give some product for the fans to get. So I get that. So I can move past that because I'm just nitpicking from a 
you know, from somebody, who, a Booker standpoint. Mm-hmm. My other problem, though, is every single match, every person kicked out of the other's finish at least <laughs> once. Like, when when Balor hits, hit him with uh, Bloody Sunday, I was like, oh, cool, yeah. he's going to, you know, throw back. With, and Devlin kicks out. I'm like, give me a break. This dude... This dude was putting people in comas in, in New Japan with this thing. And I get it. It's not New Japan, and it's a whole different thing. But, you know, like I said, you know, three bitter end kickouts by Joe Coffey. Um, Dunn kicked out of the Lariat a couple times. Uh, Rhea Ripley kicked out of um, yeah. Tony Storm's Tiger Driver. Tony Storm kicked out of Ripley's move a couple – I mean, it was every And then they did finishers. each other's moves. <laughs> yeah. And kicked out – but let's be real. kicking out of finishers has been the mainstay for what the last four years of pro wrestling, if not longer, but just more prominent. How many rainmakers, V triggers, you know, minus only one person kicked out of the one winged angel. But you know, it's just like kickouts have been such the thing. It, it seems maybe even semi back more consistently at WrestleMania 25, you know, with the Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, where it brings that oh that tension, like who's really gonna pull this out but it just has got so saturated on Mondays and Tuesdays, you you know, or Fridays, you know, (laughs) during that era, it was, they were doing the same treatment. It's like, well, what the hell's the point? So I forgot what show that we watched just recently over the last few months when I was like, yeah, that match just abruptly ended. He hit the finisher once and it ended. That was more of a shock than anything. And that's the one thing that I still, why I always respect New Japan. I, I, I get where you're going when you're throwing the Rainmakers and all that stuff out, but I don't think one person's ever kicked out of the one-wing angel. I think that is the most protected move in all of pro wrestling to the point didn't that they Okada didn't have that dimension. Okada did not. Okada lost both falls to the one-wing angel, and he Dang. lost their G1 match with the one-wing angel. So the three falls he took to Omega were all one-wing angels. And Naito... Tanahashi and Omega, I think it is. No, not even Omega, I don't think. Naito and Tanahashi are the only two people that have ever kicked out of the Rainmaker. So in this seven-year run of Okada, only two people have ever kicked out of his finish. So, like, New Japan still – look at the um, – look mm-hmm. at uh, Will Ospreay with the Stormbreaker. Nobody's kicked mm-hmm. out of that yet. Um but like you said, with the Monday and Tuesday, I mean, you couldn't have said any better. John Cena has his finishing move kicked out of three times a match on Raw. Like, it just, it's, it's well, sometimes. She's burning hammers, still the most protected finisher ever, <laughs> apparently. That's because it's, they're shoot dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, New Japan, my bad. I, I, WWE, I watched for the first time the other night, and it seems like forever, so. I apologize. Even, even Ring, look Japan. at Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor is, was notorious for that. They still are notorious for that. You know what I mean? So it's 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 not just not even just WWE. It's a lot of these Lucha Underground has a huge amount of finishes get kicked out of those Impact pay per views that we like so much. Even you know they had a couple with the big main events where somebody's kicking out of finishes. Like it's just it's so overdone and what. Well, yeah. One of the things I loved about the Kento Miyahara versus Kai match um, that, that we saw on day two of the New Year's uh, show, the 1-3 show, was when Miyahara got the straight jacket um, where he got Kai's arms locked to do the straight jacket German. Kai 
knew and you could see in his face, oh, my God, there's nothing I can do once this happens. And, you know, most guys, you know, you, you pick – so Ketsamihara, for those that don't know, he straight jackets your arms and he, he holds you in the air for like an elevated German suplex, but he stalls with you in the air and then bridges back. So you're literally in midair with your arms straight jacket and you don't know when he's going back with you. So, you know, it gives the illusion of the guy's caught off guard, but then there's the impact from it and your arms are, you know, you get where I'm going with it. So mm-hmm. when he's got Kai elevated, you can see in his face that he's going, there's, I don't know what I can do if, if, if he gets me back there. And he starts kicking at his legs with his dangling legs, trying to get out of the move to put over the semblance of how much this is going to end him if he does it. Like, <laughs> and it, it's oh. I mean, in, in the visual, that's part of the reason why it made this match so good is the emphasis of how much they put on this and how hard they put, put into this. And, you know, you see that, and then you watch Cena pick the guy up for an attitude adjustment, and they're just dead on his shoulders, and he throws him down, and they kick up at two. It's like, really? Like, it's kind of like put, Roman put, Reigns at WrestleMania after taking, like, 19 <laughs> F5s. <laughs> yeah. Why is the God. incarnate you have his move kicked out of all the time? Like, Except it doesn't Samoa make Joe. sense to me. <laughs> It, you know, so it's it just that's one of those things where I res, I respect the the fact of like think think of how how when uh, Omega tried to get Tanahashi in the one wing angel the spastastic way he kept escaping out of it because he knew if this is hit on me I'm done mm-hmm. and and this this show just. Even more so, and when you mentioned that they were doing each other's moves, I, I got a kick out of it. And I'm like, oh, he did the – that's the spot Dunn did with Tyler Bate at the, <laughs> the Progress show. You know, so, like, I, you know, it was, it was a nice callback because, you know, he's probably sure not many people watch both companies. But it just, to me, I understand it's the first takeover for this company, for the, the brand, but how much – are you really investing in Joe coffee that you need to have him continuously kick out of the finish of a guy who's been champion for almost 500 days, 600 mm-hmm. days. And that's what bothered me. Cause then, then you watch this women's match and they're, they're establishing Rhea Ripley as this dominant force who, who is just putting people down and out. And Tony storm kicked out like barely at two. Like she almost, it wasn't even two and a quarter and she had kicked out. <laughs> and it's just like, man, you guys, you guys are killing each other's moves here. And and I get it; it's the first one, so you're trying to make it good. And I give mad props to the crowd because for as as much as that show was in length, they were hot and stuck with mm-hmm. it the whole time. You know, if they if they would have had the same crowd that Noah had in December um, in Yokohama at the Great Voyage when Kiyomiya beat uh, Segura to win the the Noah title. Um, after winning their tournament, I mean, that crowd sat there like shit on a shingle and did nothing. They did not deserve the show that they got. And if that would have been the crowd at this UK show, this would have been a fail. I was about to say, true fail. They've put wrestling audiences to shame, it seems like, you know, especially in America, because they are, you know, what uh, you know it best, sir. What gets you guys, you know, 
hyped per se, motivated in the ring, you know, a lot of it comes from the crowd, from the response, you know, where you're just like, okay, you know, let's work this, let's do this, you know, get you, I, I would think a little bit more excited comparable to, you know, going out in front of a dead crowd and, you know, just, uh, just think, you know, if at the three hour and 42 mark, you know, of a WWE pay-per-view of a main event where you're just like, oh, holy crap, this is going to be good. It's dead silence. So, you know, half the people that don't really appreciate wrestling, they hear silence and then they say, oh, that match sucks. You know, mm-hmm. dud. you know, because they're, they're not seeing that where, you know, that, that UK type of crowd, they just make everything, you know, even if it's bad, it's, they, they see the good of it. They're saying, hey, it's wrestling people, you know, enjoy. And if you suck, they will damn sure let you know, which is also great. <laughs> see any Raw after WrestleMania show. Because the reason why those shows are so prominent and the crowds are hot, because it's all of the UK audience that's there. Mm-hmm. And and that's the one thing, you know, that, that, that helps is, you know, one thing I learned from going to all these shows and, and in Tokyo is these, these Japanese crowds are perfect because they react the way they should for a lot of it. Like if you, I don't know if you've watched any of the Fantastica manias, but like um, that, that, that just started uh, a week ago or whatever, but mm-hmm. the, like there's, there's people in the crowd with like the Vuvuzela type things and like the, <laughs> like they would be at a triple A <laughs> yeah. show yep. and they're, they're adapting to it. When, um, when we went to the fight club pro show and Drew Parker stapled uh, a piece of paper to Masashi Takeda's tongue in the main event, the Japanese people started a holy shit chant. So like they're, you oh. know, they adapt with everything that goes with it, which is, which is awesome. And that's, that's what's good with the UK crowd is they're going to give you, you know what I mean? You know what you're going to get with it. Um, it's that's what always makes it harder with some of these American crowds is you just never know what kind of crowd you're going to get. And, and that fan base with the UK definitely saved the show. <laughs> um, that a couple is, other matches. I, yeah. I mean, it, cause it, I mean, to be honest with you, like did any of I, these matches knock your, like Dave Mastiff, Eddie Dennis, like I said, I went three stars. It wasn't anything special. I'm surprised it wasn't you went, bad. went that low. I, I thought this was a fun match. Give credit to Eddie Dennis. I love the consistency of that character from progress to yep. what I saw here. Um, and, and again, a kudos for going into a TLC and then a no DQ match like this within what <laughs> a six month span. So uh, kudos to you, sir. I like hey, his Eddie table Dennis. broke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's probably relieved. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dave he, Mastiff, I love his Vader, you know, ring yeah. gear. You know, I love that aspect. Um, and that guy can move. He's agile as hell. Um, I thought that these two worked really well. I thought this was a match that was uh, probably could have used maybe another five, seven minutes, I thought. And maybe that, like, I, I was trying to think. It was, in my head, I'm going, part of the thing was the match length for me. And I don't know if it was, mm-hmm. it went too long or it just didn't get enough. It, it it felt longer because they didn't get enough time to really ramp up and start going where they should have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I that's just kind of how I felt where, you know, it, it seemed a little rushed. Because in the beginning, I said, oh, are they going to end this right away? You know, especially when they started bringing out, you know, 
the kendo sticks and, and the tables and whatnot. So I was like, oh, they're they're going home early. But, you know, they, they did go, you know, maybe a couple of more minutes after that. But I, I thought this was, you know, probably a, a fun match. Um, probably I, I liked it maybe a little more um, than the, the match that followed it, which is interesting because Rhea Ripley is a freaking star. Woo! Yeah. Yeah, she she did you see that picture? Uh I think Demetrius actually sent it to the group chat. I can't remember, but it was done in Rhea Ripley with the titles. Oh, they, like, they're yeah. twinsies. Yeah, it in Rhea Ripley immediately even more than me, than Pete Dunne to me, which is one of my favorites going. I looked at her and said she's she's a million bucks waiting. Yeah. I mean, she is tremendous and she's got size to her. She's what Tamina Snuka wishes she could be. <laughs> like seriously, like she can, you know. I mean, Rhea Ripley's, you know, got a foot tall and ha- a foot on each each of these women, and they'll, she'll start letting them fire up, and then she's like, "Okay, fine," just starts throwing drop kicks. Like, okay, mm-hmm. well, th- people are dying. This is great. <laughs> and you know, I went three and a quarter. I went a little higher than the last one on it, and I think it's just because it kind of had the same feeling to me as the main event, where it started getting a little long in the tooth when they kept kicking out of each other's moves, but. Ripley and Tony Storm worked so hard. They, oh, yeah. they were, and and that's the one thing I think with the show that made it a, you know, above, uh, you know, down the middle two and a half stars. You know, a good three star or more special was the simple fact that the you, I don't think I've ever seen a group of people work harder on a wrestling show than what what everybody did on this show. I mean, yeah, the I, was was tremendous. It, it it was tremendous. I mean, Tony Storm. I mean, again, congrats. Um, you know, to her, especially you know having um, that that horrible you know invasion of her privacy. You know, over the last month or so. You know, and this was definitely a nice uh, you know win win for her. Um, and Tony Storm again. She she has been a, a fan of favorites of this show. Of uh, of Demtris for a long time, you know, just showcasing you know how how great she is as well as Ripley. So this was a nice showcase for Tony Storm to to you know hold to hold that that UK Women's title because Rhea Ripley as Tony Storm very young. So that's what's awesome is we have many many years equivalent to Dunn and Bates, if you will, where it's just this is like the next crop of where you know professional wrestling not just Brit wrestling uh, can go, but Rhea Ripley, my God, she just has it all. Yeah. All. And ever since she changed that, changed her gimmick from, you know, the first May Young when she was the baby face and she had that, you know, like simple red outfit to this now, like, I don't even know what, what you'd really call it. It's almost something out of like Mad Max looking. It's um, <laughs> Saunter. She's yeah. <laughs> like if Mark Andrews was a heel, it would be Rhea Ripley. <laughs> That's tight. And, and this is once again, this is the same thing they did with the finals of the tag titles to open the show. It was mm-hmm. a tremendous idea to have Rhea Ripley win the tournament because mm-hmm. we all knew that if you're, if you're building it, you got, you should go Tony storm name value wise. And the fact that she will put on great matches with anybody she's in the ring with. So she is, you know, your bread and butter for that division. Um, but by having Rhea Ripley win the tournament, I thought we got the nice setup where we got the Tony Storm 
chasing the title for a couple months really quick before getting in the match. And then when she won, it was a nice, hey, she overcame Ripley finally. You know, not finally, mm-hmm. but, you know, she avenged her loss. So I think that was the one one nice thing about it where some people said, well, didn't they trade the title pretty quick? They did, but it, it's also – they did the same thing with bait and done, you know, bait was yeah. feel good. And then, but done was your money guy. So you're given, you're given that unexpected before going to your bread and butter. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard somewhere that they maybe have done it because Ripley's moving up already. Whoa. I mean, I, I wouldn't be against that. My God, depending on what brand, any brand. Oh my gosh. That would be insane. Cause it's, I somewhere I can't remember who I who had said this and somebody I was talking to and uh, like a, I think it was I don't know if it was a message board or what it was on it was it was like a month ago um, it was right around after she had won the, the title so maybe maybe it was a month ago or end of November or something but it was one of those things where Vince <laughs> like Vince saw how much Triple H was investing in this woman and went and like looked into it and you know, she's the prototype of a Vince McMahon. And, you know, now it sounds like, okay, yeah, Vince wants her up there. Why not? And, I mean, she... I don't know with this whole Lars Sullivan situation. I mean, he might be not listening to trips for a while, apparently. Do you think it's fair that Triple H is is getting dogged on for this? And, and like, they're saying that Vince is looking at the talent differently now? I I don't think it's fair. I think it's just, it's a scapegoat's. For him to, you know, again, uh, you know, look down upon what actual, you know, stuff that, you know, what real wrestling really is, you know, what Trips has been doing, you know, cementing over the last five years. I, I think it's just him, you know, say, no, my product's better. Yeah, that's kind of my thought, too. And it's like, come on, somebody has I mean, a mental issue. That has nothing to do with it. Like, if you want to if you want to clown the guy, clown how mm-hmm. much he's not that good. Yeah, like clown. Cl- he, he the biggest botch in 2018 when he with that Alistair Black kick when he fell <laughs> over and he was a foot away from hitting him and the crowd booed him like crazy. You know what I mean? That's what you you dog somebody for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, look what he said about you know his tweet about the the UK takeover show was so. Simplistic. I thought it was a damn right insult where he's like, yes, I watched NXT UK TakeOver. That I get his tongue in cheek. And then he said, yes, it was awesome. Period. <laughs> so who who do you think sent the tweet? Was it Road Dog? <laughs> uh, like, who's got Vince's not. Twitter? Yes, it was I, awesome. I, mean, I, I thought that was a slap in the face. I'm like, come on. It's still better than what you, half the garbage. It's still better than WrestleMania, half of Mania last year. What do you, um, what do you think Vince said when he saw Walter? Do you think he had an orgasm? <laughs> uh, play your your uh, evil clip because that's probably how it sounded. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I was when I saw Marcel uh, Barthel out in uh, across the pond. That's for sure. Oh man! Shout out, shout out to him uh, uh, giving us some tw- Twitter love. That was the other reason I was like, "Don't look at Twitter," 
because I tweeted at him and he <laughs> tweeted back. <laughs> I was like, don't, don't look, don't look if you don't watch this. That was, that was unexpected. I was like, oh, man, Walter's going to come and kill Eddie Dennis finally. And I was like, oh, wait, that's Axel Dieter. So do we get – oh, God, yeah. Do, so do we get Ring Conf merchandise stateside here pretty soon? Because I am oh, stoked for that. Because on a weekly basis, I look, I'm like, how many pounds is that? What do I got to ship over? All I want is just a ring comp, <laughs> duffel bag, and a shirt. I'll get you a towel. <laughs> yeah, to go with my Kento Miyahara towel. There you go. Shout out, shout shout out to, uh, collection. Shout out to Kai. Once again, who looked like he was going to kill me. Is this the, uh, the <laughs> Isaiah, new belt I, I, of 2019? Uh, which one? The the towels is that going to be the new oh. uh, the new collection of 2019? Maybe I was jacked, man. I felt like I was at a soccer match having that thing on my neck. <laughs> it's it's funny when you watch the Kentucky Harakai match and and they're fighting right next to us in the crowd. Um, you see this arm holding up the uh, cell phone, which is me Snapchatting it, and then you see Isaiah's head. Um, in the corner of the screen, and at one point you see him reach over and he takes my Kento Miyahara towel and he starts waving it in the crowd. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, I like this guy. He should win. And he's waving the Kento Miyahara towel. And I'm like, oh man, Isaiah turned it into a mark. Hell yeah. Oh man, I think it was, was like a 3D it. movie for him. They were that close. <laughs> well, well, then when we were uh, when we were, it might have been Nomura and, uh, with uh, Yuji Okabayashi. It was Okabayashi, one of them. But we went to that death, the Big Japan show on uh, the second, the night, the, the second day we were there. And Isaiah's like, let's not get a, up close seats like we've been doing because we sat like either first row of the bleachers or like second row on the floor. We had really. I mean, we were we were ten feet away from the ring every show we went to. It was awesome. Because uh, we, we got to the ticket window and bought everything before everybody got there for the whole week. And uh, he's like, let's sit back farther at the, the Big Japan show. And I was like, that's fine. So we sat in the uh, the aisle row. So, like, you walk up the steps um, and you're in the area where all the where the crowd is and the ring. And then you can either walk up the stairs to get to the back rows of seats or you can walk down to get to the front seats. And these are the ones that aren't the two bleacher sides or the, or the three bleacher sides. And uh, mm-hmm. it's basically we were we were sitting right in the aisleway where um, uh, Hiromu did the sprint and then drop kicked oh. uh, El Desperado, so mm-hmm. we were right in that little area. So sure enough, tag match happens. And here comes Yuji Okabayashi. Is, I mean, you you probably saw it in that snap I sent you. I think I did, but he just starts beating the hell out of Nomura, and they're falling on top of me. And I, I looked at Isaiah. He's like, maybe we should have sat closer. And I was like, yeah. Because they're up here beating the piss out of each other. This giant ass yoke Yuji Okabayashi, and then the young, <laughs> he like hits the like kicks the young lion in the chest for no reason. Young lion gets up, throws the hardest forearm I've ever heard in my life yeah, at Okabayashi. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't even phase him. <laughs> yeah, then he gets chopped, and like you can see my arm. I'm patting Nomura on the back, like because he's like, oh sorry, and I'm like, you're okay. It's cool, man. And then sure enough, here comes the young lion falling on top of both of us, groaning yeah. as he got chopped. Like, like and I love when he like, got up. He's like, what happened? Like, he had an outer body experience. <laughs> like, he was dead. 
And it was like his spirit made him rise up. It's like, no, yeah. you're dead. I'm just leaving your body now. <laughs> he stood he up and he back down. Back down. Yeah. He's like, all right, I'm like, So he did die. You know? Yeah, I think oh, so. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> him and, you know, and he, thank God he had a shirt on. Cause, man, we, so we were, this, this is a way off topic, but Isaiah's like, you guys should put together a list of the five hardest choppers in all of wrestling. Oof. Because with how hard, obviously with Walter, but um, T-Hawk uh, from the Stronghearts group mm-hmm. chopped to Kenosuke. Don't you mean the good, hearts, so hard and, oh, yeah, the good hearts? Sorry, Matt Jackson. Um, he chopped Kenosuke <laughs> Takashita so hard in that DDT made event that he uh-huh. put his chest open and it looked like he bladed it with a razor blade because the blood Ooh. was trickling down his chest. It was the hardest thing I've ever heard in my life. And then, obviously, Yuji Okabayashi right next to me. And Yuji Okabayashi annihilated your boy Mark Davis from Aussie Open. That was the mm-hmm. the snap I sent you where I said, sorry, Alex, as I'm sending it yeah. to you. Because he's, I mean, his chest looked like meat when it was done. So, I don't know. I, I told him one of these days I'll have to take him up on it and do some do some tape and try to record some sounders of some of these guys because – Man, there was some chops on these shows where I swear, like, these dudes weren't breathing correctly later in the night. <laughs> like, they needed sleep after <laughs> like I got. I mean, <laughs> um, do you want, to, uh, you want to move on to Progress 82? Run through that here quick before we get into the, uh, the news. Hells to the yeah. Um, this was a great, fun show. Do, do they do this? Like just one show a year or a couple shows a year because yeah, it was a, an exciting show. Okay, yeah, it's, it's like um, it's it's kind of like New Year's Dash. They don't announce anything until it happens. Oh my gosh, the unboxing live event, chapter eighty-two to end the year. <laughs> Duke La Prague away kit. I love these titles, even though I have no Shout idea what the they, they the mean. Crowd. So uh, Duke La Prague is a soccer team. Okay, and away kit is their away jersey. And that's why the the announcer had marked out because there was a guy oh. in the crowd who had an away Duke La Prague away jersey on. That's when they showed oh. that guy who was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my so gosh, was, I love it. You know, in this this was another one of those where I'm looking at my match ratings. I had two and a half, two and three quarters, three and a quarter, two and three quarters, four and a half, three and four. So a couple really standouts and a couple just whatever. You were a fan of Eddie Dennis. <laughs> um, what did I give Dennis? Dennis, I, I think I I'm assuming it was that the three. Yeah. Yeah. But like, so here's an example. Um, Trent Seven uh, took on Los Federales Santos Santos. Hell yeah. I went, I went two and a half on it. But if I if I graded on how much I enjoyed it, I probably would have been a four out of five. The match wasn't mm-hmm. anything special, but I really liked. I liked I liked the humor. I liked the. Uh, you know, they pull the gun again, and they, he kicks it in the air, and they're both staring for, like, ten minutes. And then finally Trent Seven catches it, and he's waving it around, and the crowd starts ducking, which blew my mind that the yeah. crowd was ducking the fake gun. And then he laughs and shoots himself in the head and just falls over, and his <laughs> arms are straight up. And then everyone gives the pin up, pin up, so he's... He slowly crawls down, only to get small packaged by Trent Seven. Like it was, yep. it was really fun. Like I, I, the my match rating was based off of the bell to bell work. Mm. 
and that was the only thing with with this show was I didn't think the the matches were spectacular, but I thought everything they did was really fun. And for a show that really didn't have a ton, I, I don't want to say a ton on storyline implications because we had, you know, some title changes. A few, yeah. But, but, like, there wasn't any, like, giant angles that got developed. So for that aspect and just being a fun show, I thought it was a great show. It just, it didn't, once again, it didn't have any, like, match of the year knockouts for me. Oh, no. No, I mean, but I, you know, like you said, it was a fun opener. Wrestling, you know, match-wise, you know, from, you know, bell to bell. Yeah, I mean, this this wasn't anything special. But definitely, you know, I, I, I would give it probably about a three and then a quarter. Um, I got to say props to the superplex that it gives uh, Super Santos uh, from Tret 7, which was beautiful. And then hitting, you know, essentially multiple pile drivers on him was insane. <laughs> but you also got to give Santos credit for the agility that he displays, you know, th- this being the second time, possibly third, I believe, that I've seen him. But, but you know, fun stuff. And the hell, he's got balls of steel just like you, sir, um, as, as Trent Seven's <laughs> knee almost got dislocated <laughs> after that atomic drop. But, no, I, I thought this was a, a fun match. A, a fun title, you know, uh, kind of uh, Atlas Championship Open Challenge with Trent Seven. Uh, fun series of matches. And, again, for me, what I appreciate is, again, it's opening my eyes, my, you know, palette, if you will, of other wrestlers. And it's making me, mm-hmm. you know, just rethink of how wrestling is and should be fun. And, you know, that's why I grade these matches. And I think these are shows that should be watched comparable to, to some of the, the, you know, longer pay-per-views, if you will, of 2018. And, and this was just, you know, again, another smooth watch. You know, even, you know, I wasn't even fast-forwarding in between matches, you know, where, where the guy goes ham on the mic, you know, and does crowd work. But, um, no, I thought this was a fun match, again, just utilizing, you know, that, that comic um, styling, you know, that we talk about, you know, that's huge overseas, um, and, mm-hmm. and with Tino Morella, uh, but with this, you know, just a, a good opener, Trent Seven and Mustache Mountain, British Strong Style, what have you, uh, they are fantastic when you, when you want, or, or great when you want to get the, you know, the show to a hot start. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing too. What, I, what I'm really liking about this Atlas division stuff is we're getting to see different people in, in more prolific matches that are getting more time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, having Los Federal and Santos Jr. getting a title match in a one-on-one match, he worked hard in that match. Mm-hmm. You know, he's normally a tag guy. And, you know, he, he busted his butt in there. And Trent Seven's a good guy where he can kind of do any style, so it worked well. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, and, and I'm looking at the grapple app, and, yeah, I went two and a half, but the, the consensus is three and a quarter, like you said. So, you know, I was just a little lower on it, but I, I really liked it. Like, it's, it's another one of those things where uh, I just went old school sports cat sniffle on there. Um, <laughs> I just, I, my, my grade doesn't reflect my enjoyment of it. It reflects if I was grading the match for the work, how did I like it? So, I, you know, and that's, that's one of those things where maybe, maybe I should start looking at it a different way with some of these were, you know, wholeheartedly everything with it. And I kind of did with the last, that most federal is tag match. You know, I went four stars on that one. Um, but it was, I mean, it was good. I, I had fun with it. I, I, nothing bad to say, nothing bad to say about it. Um, 
Then we got the six-way spot fest. Uh, Chris Ridgway, Jody Fleisch, Mark Haskins, Shigehiro Irie, Spike Trevay, uh, Travis Banks, uh, six-way. What is that, two, four, Don't you mean six, six, yeah, six Mike Garano? <laughs> oh, Jody Fleisch. <laughs> I was like, whoa, Jody. Mike Garano's in the house. <laughs> you know, Jody Fleisch, is, he's, he's so good. You can tell he's getting older, but he's still... I mean, he still moves well. It's just still, oh. his timing's a little off. Um, she Dude, hear, what, what was that? That crazy dive? Um, God, what? Oh, I don't have that in my notes, but I just remember he did like a crazy, um, yeah, the dive where he like just dove flawlessly over the rope and just hit like all other five opponents. Um, was beautiful, but that was the only thing I really remember. That he did in that match, <laughs> uh, but Iria, by the way, uh, better better match I would say non DDT wise um, with the second progress uh, showing here. I, I thought this was a better representation. Yeah, Shigehiro Iria is throwing. He's he's giving the pounds to people in the crowd into mm-hmm. the fans, <laughs> which mm-hmm. blew my mind. When Travis Banks went flying into the third row and about five fans caught him, I laughed hysterically. Um, yeah, Jody Fleisch, he did the he did that springboard top rope springboard shooting star press to the floor out of the crowd. And kudos to the ref or the announcer going, the last time we saw him do this, he broke his jaw on the ring steps because it was in that same building. <laughs> so they put that over hard. Um, but it was, what did you think of the standard. crew guys kind of doing their dives with, when, you know, everyone, all the other wrestlers were out there? And then Erie was Eerie catching caught them all. all. <laughs> Except for that one dude went flying over Erie and like landed in the crowd. Yeah, he was definitely living the stereotypes. <laughs> Thanks, Erie. <laughs> it, it was cool. I think I, I thought it got a little long, but you know, it was it was a fun little yeah. six way. It was. I it was. Nice was I was confused. I was like, how many guys? I was like, is this a three on three six way? Is this for a title shot? But it didn't need that. It was just six dudes. Uh, high flying, beating the shit out of each other. And I'm going to say this. If you guys, please do, by the way, subscribe to Progress Wrestling um, on demand, like pivot share, yada, yada, just because it's great. But, um, and, uh, but, but I would say the spots possibly of the year, I know this technically was, uh, you know, uh, done like the last day of December, the 30th. Um, but the spots, where Irie was about to get sunset flipped by Jody Fleisch, and then uh, Mark Haskins comes in, oh, but Irie yeah. catches and pile drives him on Fleisch's head was freaking phenomenal. That I do yeah, want that sucker fifty times legit. I um in my head when I saw that when he when when he kicked Haskins in the gut, picked up and gave him a pile driver on top of him. Um, I was like, I wonder. If if um if you know if those MCW shows happen this spring, and we do that one tag match, I was like, if I steal this, is Alex going to call me out? That was my first no. thought. Was can I if I steal this, is it going to be too obvious? Because <laughs> I was like, that was insane. I'm so glad you that, remembered that spot. It was oh my god! I've never seen I that. Have before. it in all caps and in bold. Yeah, no, that's what I was like. <laughs> oh, I gotta watch this guy's DDT stuff because. That if that was just a little sample, uh, here give me more because yeah, I got to go back 
and watch this guy's stuff. Whew. Uh, Erie was a debut against Walter. I mean, I, I yeah. get that's a tall, you know, that's a tall glass to fill, literally. But uh, again, <laughs> a, a much better showing where I won't, you know, fast forward anytime he's on. And uh, Erie was the um, he was the champ that lost to Dan Shokodino before mm. uh, Peter Pan. So he was the guy who had the title for most of last year. He couldn't handle those balls to his face, huh? <laughs> you know, the traumatizer was too much. Why didn't Mark Haskins get a proper send-off, do you think? I don't know. Maybe he still gets to – well, no, he, I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> maybe maybe they felt Exclusive. that. Uh, <laughs> maybe they're like, boy, that stable you're in sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! We'll just we'll just let you send off in the sunset, you know, <laughs> right off in the sunset. Uh, you know, shout out to Finn Juice. Let's hope they can win the tag team. Oh, Finn man. Juice. Yeah, shout out on, to really. uh, to <laughs> shout out to DNR. By the way, I thought some some pretty good showings uh, with a few of their their stable mates, especially in that six way with Spike Trevay. I I like him. He he's like a little bit more. He reminds me of, of, of a Miz-type character, you know, where I just want to see a little bit more more wrestling. But, damn, it, he's got a mouth that, that could definitely uh, make him, you know, a, a, a guy to watch, uh, you know, especially within this year as they build up DNR. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, and that's, that's once again where, you know, progress was ready for the, the contract stuff and, do not resuscitate mm-hmm. is some of the, is something they started building right away. Ring of Honor signs guys and just puts them all together in a stable because they don't know what else to do. <laughs> Why do you need eight people in a stable randomly? I don't well, get it. You, you notice the kicker too is it's all in spurts. Like they go and sign PCO and Brody King at the same time. All right, now mm-hmm. that we sign these two, what should we do? Let's put him with Marty Skrull and Villain Owner Enterprises. <laughs> okay, cool. Oh, hey, we just signed Bandito, Tracy Williams, Juice Robinson, and David Finley to come into Ring of Honor. What should we do with them? Oh, let's make them oh. a stable together. Like, what the hell is Bandito in that stable for? What are you, exactly. Why is Emma in that stable? Why is he wearing a cop hat? What happened to his macho manisms? What the hell is going on, Juice? I get it. But I I don't get it. Why do you need 19 people in this stable that what <laughs> are going to show up a couple times a year? Maybe. Oh, and Mark Haskins. Don't forget Mark Haskins. Yeah, Mark Haskins. I don't see Vicky I, anywhere. No, and, and what like and I'm I'm looking at the picture of this and I see Juice and Emma or Tennille Dashwood in the center of the ring together, and you see David Finley in the one corner. Then you see Tracy yeah. Williams in the other corner. Then you see Ooh. Mark Haskins in the other corner. Um, Tracy Williams, he's part of uh, Catch Point. No. Uh, they signed him off the Indies. With, uh, I think he was he did that stuff with like uh, Chris Dickinson and Jaka, and in oh. like the WWN stuff. And um, he was an, he was an evolved guy for a while. He's one of the grapple guys. And hmm. um, and then all of a sudden, here's Bandito just standing there, not in any specific point but like hey this dude doesn't speak english do you want to tell him what he's supposed to do because <laughs> now you just have bandito randomly standing there <laughs> like it's just it, it made no sense but he's like rosebud number four in that group 
That's what the, when I see these these six people in the ring, I'm like, is this a Adam Rose like do over? What's what's going on? At, and explain all. to me. So apparently, WWE offered Bandito a contract, and then ROH offered him a contract, and WWE's was was kind of bad, so he went back to the E with the ROH deal. Mm-hmm. WWE then upped their their offer to try to sign Bandito because of how bad they wanted him. And then ROH upped it again, and he chose to go with ROH before WWE could match it. So the positive is we finally have companies that are outbidding WWE for talent, which mm-hmm. has to make WWE realize, whoa, shit, this isn't – because ROH and All Elite are offering out six-figure contracts to these guys. Like, people are getting six figures for coming into these companies now. Like, I, I, I think all these, these new ROH hires got paid. Um, but then why the hell do you, do you go through all that trouble for Bandito and this is how you're going to use him? <laughs> uh, at, at least it makes <laughs> sense to pair him with the Roosh, Correct. <laughs> the oh, I, can't wait I mean the, the the roost stuff i can't wait to get into that with you too because that's gonna be awesome talking let's here now that we're we're starting to ramp up on our contract talk why don't we knock out uk and then we'll get into this because you you got me all excited because you mentioned the roost. so a so. quick question so you would think why wouldn't they eat they're always looking for the next mexican star the one you know obviously that andrade uh, sans cn and almost um, the crowd, you can't know, they all must get rid of it. He, <laughs> he's the heel, obviously the future, if you will. But why wouldn't you bring in Bandito? He could be, you know, the heir to the Rey Mysterio. You have two big field feuds for the next year, possibly two years. You throw in that Lucha stuff, Juanito Cena, you know, coming in. <laughs> you know, you have so many. Lucha Mexican <laughs> matches coming in, and uh, it just makes sense to get someone. <laughs> it just makes Sorry. more sense. Bring in Bandito once again. Once again, like I said, they tried, but he chose to go to Ring of Honor over them. Like people are choosing to not sign with them and going with the competition because the competition is throwing out six-figure deals now. Now they have to he... stay alive. Yeah. Oh, especially Ring of Honor, as we talked about mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks, you know, right before you left for Tokyo. Um, so can he still wrestle in Mexico? Do you think possibly that's why, where he can still kind of go to and fro? Um, I would think so, because when it's all said and done, you know, you look at New Japan, where New Japan uses Rev Pro, that's where Tomoyuki Oka is, um, Harai Kawato is in CMLL. And for a while there, they had, you know, Jay White was in Ring of Honor, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, Wait, to what? me, I would think they all kind of, yeah, Jay White, his excursion was Ring of Honor. My my um, mind exploded just now, where I'm like, <laughs> wait, huh? Who? What? Where? Yeah, when? The, uh, the final battle 2017, before his Wrestle Kingdom debut, um, I think it was final battle, or the one pay-per-view before that, but he had an awesome street fight with... Um, Punishment Martinez for the TV title. Wow. And yeah, Jay White used to have like a like a mohawk for his hair. <laughs> Take that, Leo Rush. Um, <laughs> wow. Forming a but, um, Motor City Machine Guns and Gresham. Wow, they were they were known as Search and Destroy. Awesome. Yep. 
Yep, that was their their uh, their factions. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so like with with those excursions, I wouldn't be surprised if they let them work there since those four companies kind of have what seems to be a working relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, which and, and you know we you know I'll even bring that up right now. Um, for what it sounds like, um, Roosh got a big money deal from Ring of Honor to be ex- to to say he's exclusive to him like that. Um, ROH apparently has priority for Roosh, but he can still work CMLL. So I would assume oh. that means Bandito can too, if he wants to work down there. Um, the other reason why Roosh signed was apparently he's a guy who who's who who likes the money. Roosh is a big money guy, and mm-hmm. he knows by working Ring of Honor, he still has the CMLL ties, but then he also has those New Japan ties. Now you can get Roosh on an MSG show. Now you can use Roosh on the Honor Rising show. And now the advantage, too, is New Japan has an easier time booking Roosh with the ROH priority, and he already has the LIJ ties. Yep. He's the one who started Los Ingobernobles with Andrade um, in Mexico there, and Bestia del Ring and El Terrible, <laughs> El Terrible. So, you know, he's, he, he has the ties with the Los Ingobernobles, the, the big money's there for New Japan, and now mm-hmm. he's got a home promotion in the States, too. Because he was supposed to main event the MLW uh, WrestleMania mm-hmm. weekend show uh, against L.A. Park. They were going to cash in on that L.A. Park Roosh singles yep. match um, before the feud ended in AAA or wherever it was, and now they had to replace... Um, I can't remember who's facing L.A. Park now. Maybe it's Pentagon. I don't remember who it is, but they had to pull Roosh from that booking because of this. So this is, I mean, this is a big deal. This, this is a, this is a big move for ring of honor. This is much bigger than no offense to Brody King and PCO or, or David Finley, things like that. You know, I'll, I'll even say juice Robinson too, with, with him working there more adding Roosh is this dude is a global star and we saw how big, I mean, him in L.A. Park, look at how many people they drew in that Chicago MLW. Mm-hmm. That's why L.A. Park, I think, when you add drawing power, I think that dude's one of the top top guys of 2018. Maybe not Bell to Bell because he does that fat Lucha Brawl style, but, I mean, that dude draws, and he drew, I mean, he they had thousands the and thousands of people. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Chicago – they marked him on that Chicago show, and I think there was four thousand people at that show. With wow! Him well, look at the gym we were in in Chicago Heights. You know, primarily you know um, Latin talent, and you know that's primarily that area. So yeah, you you put even one name, let alone you know that's six. True. I mean, you're gonna get asses into the seats. I mean, just imagine this Madden Square Garden. What do you do? The Ring of Honor Juniors versus New Japan Juniors, and what? a tag or a three on three, or, you know, just imagine that, you know, you got Roosh bandito and, and throw in, uh, I don't know, maybe cheeseburger. Why not? Um, you know, take it on, you know, uh, well, not Kushida anymore, but you know, something along <laughs> there where they can go junior versus junior, something along those lines, or, you know, like you said, maybe do like a big LIJ tag match having that those Mexican ties. I'll say this to you. And I think this would be a really fun match because you'd have really good opposition. You know, if, if you didn't have t-shirt Naito and he, he had working boots on, you could do Roosh and Naito against the Briscoes. And I bet you that would rock. 
you wouldn't save <laughs> would... you wouldn't save that for evil in uh in Sonata? No, I mean if you're at MSG and you're trying to make a splash, why not take advantage of having having the Roosh tie in there? And now you're able to establish Roosh with your with your fans your that maybe guy. don't know him because mm-hmm. if you, you know if if I if I'm paying Roosh, well, I'm sure I'm sure he got a very nice paycheck. I want him to get over. So if I got new fans that just know the that know the product but don't know a lot of like outside guys, if I mm-hmm. go, "Whoa, this dude's tagging with Naito against the Briscoes." He must be a big deal. You know, so I think oh, that's man. that's yeah. the route I go with that. Um, speaking of Kushida, too, since I guess we're right into it, um, it sounds like Kushida's deal is for 205 Live. <laughs> he will not be going to NXT. <laughs> what? <laughs> so we're going to be seeing Kushida on Tuesday night. Tuesday night. <sighs> Uh, well, what are your thoughts on Kushida on the 205 Live? I don't know. Him and, I mean, him and Tozawa getting the stable. Here, here's the thing I'll say about 205 Live is it's a really good show. Just not people don't watch it. Like if you, you, you sit down and watch 205 Live for like two weeks in a row, and I guarantee you'll go, wow, that was some really fun stuff. Like Buddy Murphy's title reign has been really good. Like I didn't, I never thought I would enjoy a Buddy Murphy title run. <laughs> like if you had asked me back when they came out to that annoying music when they were Blake and Murphy, like I was like, God, oh, these dudes look cool, but they're nothing special. But I tell you what, man, Buddy Murphy's having a hell of a run, and that four-way I like that at match the Rumble with Alexander. I thought that was a really good match at the yeah. Australian show where he wins the the strap there. But um, and and the matches they had. Since then, you know, kind of on the pre-shows have, have been really good with Betty Murphy. Buddy Murphy. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a good product. Just people just don't watch it. That's the only problem with it. It's God, that's another thing, too, is that I know next week probably, you know, is more Royal Rumble talk time because of the card. But, dude, they're, they're, every match on, like, this Rumble card, like, in a, in a Mark standpoint, this show should be incredible. Can but WWE how are they going to mess it up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have you have you seen the um like the full card that got released today for this show? I have not, but I am looking it up right now here. Um Ava Marie, what that's weird. Is um, she's on that uh that uh new show or the Big Brother show. She on that new show. Uh, so we get a rematch for the U.S. Championship. I thought there were an automatic rematch anymore. Um, so that's out the window. Uh, why is Shane McMahon going for the SmackDown champ- Tag Team Championships? Ruh-roh. Because he needs an uh, opponent for WrestleMania, duh. Sorry, Bar. Um, okay, Rousey Banks, that I knew. and that. Do you think we're getting that too soon without... Like, I mean, obviously the build is good. I saw her in Ronda on Monday, um, but I mean, is, is too soon? Um, I did, I had some bad comments to say. I love you know I love Sasha Banks, but when she cuts a promo, man, so there's there's some things that I will I'll, I'll text you because I won't I probably shouldn't say these on the air, but um, <laughs> uh, you know you could say yes too early, but. I think if you're if you're doing 
I hope to God they're building the horsewoman versus horsewoman. That's what you're building yeah, and, for for what SummerSlam probably. Yeah, and and what if Rousey, you know, she, say she she has a two year contract or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, what happens at the end of the, the second year? She she decides she wants to go start a family because she's talked mm-hmm. about that. So you might not have time to wait. True. You know, so I true, think that's true. why it's okay. And and look, it's it's the Rumble. It's your second biggest show. If you're not going to do Charlotte and her and you're going to do that dumb three-way, because everything in this company has to be a freaking three-way. You can't have one-on-one matches. Petition, um, elimination. Give us, give us elimination. this. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> um, Oscar, Becky, Lynch. Wow, finally we get those two um, one-on-one. Like, when, when it means something. You know, where where it has that big match feel. So, yeah, that's an... Oh, yeah, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles. Yeah, you got a four-way. Kalisto, Hideo Itami, Akira Tozawa, Buddy Murphy. Um, do you think when Kushida comes in, those three are going to form a stable called the uh, the Rising Suns? <laughs> <clears throat> Brock Lesnar... Wow. Uh, well, a spoiler. Brock Lesnar, Finn Balor, Beast versus the Demon on a big stage. Um, about time, Vince. Um, and then the two rumble matches. How are they gonna mess this up? Go, Ryan. Uh, I don't. You know, I'm not even gonna say anything. And not just kicking out of finishers. Like, like, I'll say this. Uh, this week's Monday. This was the first time I watched Monday Night Raw in I don't know two, three months. And the first hour was some of the most horrific television I've ever seen. But the last hour and a half actually wasn't that bad. I was shocked. <laughs> Like, I kind of enjoyed that. Now, I don't understand the Alexa Bliss segment where they had her naked in the back. Um, I mean, I was. An homage it, to but, Trich uh, Stratus. And, she says. you know, it was, it was as goofy as the uh, Mandy Rose saying, I'm going to break up Naomi's marriage <laughs> on Tuesday. Yeah, well. like, like, holy cow, where are they going? But. I mean, you get rid of that beginning crap with Braun Strowman that was so horrifically bad. Oh um, God! It, it was a slight. What did he flip over show. this week, Ryan? Uh, a limousine, uh, Vince's <laughs> limousine, and Vince was so uh, mad. Was that he in he it? Took away his Royal Rumble match. Nope. But Baron Corbin was the one who set it all up. Oh my gosh! But th- they had a cool little angle where. You know, all these dudes, Just, it was, it was a murderer's row of jobbers though. Waiting outside to talk to Vince about facing Brock Lesnar. It was like Curtis Axel, Bo Dallas, Kurt Hawkins, no way Jose, Heath Slater and Rhino. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? These are the guys no. that are waiting to talk to Vince. <laughs> and then Jerry Lawler <laughs> randomly walks out from the, from the room. I was like, okay, that, that was weird. Memphis. Um, but they, uh, oh, they were in Memphis. Right? I get it. Okay, you're smart. And then, you know, this segment was fun for the four-way, and it sounded like um, Lesnar was the one pushing for Balor, and apparently they were never going to have Braun in this match anyway because he was never going to win. They didn't want him to lose again. So they're protecting Braun. Deception. So, I mean, uh, why protect him? I mean, he's just, he's not in the good graces anymore. Yeah, nobody, I guess of internet fans, but I mean, even it seems like crowds there are just kind of over this shtick. It's nine, not nineteen ninety four. It's boring. I don't need to see him tip things over. I don't. 
it was funny when he said that get these hands things the first time, but now mm-hmm. that he says it five times in a promo, I'm just like, all right, I okay, I get it. You know, it's it's not catchy enough. Like when he used it as a you better get out of here, or you're gonna get these hands type thing. I was like, that's funny. But mm-hmm. now he waits for the crowd to stay along with him, and I get it. That's what you do. You sell merch, but. I, I just I've uh, never seen anyone wear a Braun Strowman shirt. Find me four people. <laughs> well, I remember when I tried to buy one when we were at the uh, TLC pay per view, and they didn't even have them at the pay per view. Yeah, that was when we got to see Braun Strowman killed in a compact early to show up the next night at Raw. You remember we also saw AJ Styles battle Finn Balor. <laughs> this is true. This is true. And, and I guess Lesnar was pushing for Balor. Like, he's wanted to work Balor for a while. And it's because, so, too, look at the matches he's had with workers, with actual competitors yeah, and wrestlers. Yeah, Ryan and Styles there. Yeah. I mean, even the match with Joe, as short as it was, you know, at Great Balls of Fire a year or so ago, um, it was a, a good match for what it was because, again, it's more of a physicality brawl. And just imagine if they were, you know, maybe another five, six minutes where it could have been something, you know, you know, where it was a suplex city versus, you know, the suplex bay, if you will. But I, I, you know, uh, this is going to be a freaking fantastic match. Mm-hmm. This is something where I think you do something out of the norm. Yeah. You want to give Rollins, you know, the, the match with Lesnar, you have Balor win against Lesnar at the rumble. You have Rollins then win that rumble, and then you set up the rematch for, hey, I'm the champion. I never this title. Prove that you deserved it that night. I had to relinquish it after SummerSlam. That has so much more, you know, of a storyline than a Samoa Joe talking about another man's wife. <laughs> Do you th- what do you think is is the more obvious of the two? Rollins winning the men's rumble or Lesnar beating Balor? Uh, I'm going to say, can't it be both? No, I'm I'm going to say Rollins winning, winning the rumble. What's more obvious though, Rollins winning the rumble or us getting a Charlotte Becky British bulldog, Lex Luger double elimination. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of think that's so. You know, and I know this probably isn't the sexy answer, but I, I almost wish they would just rematch Charlotte Asuka from last year and let Becky win and have her go to Raw to face Ronda and just have two good oh. matches. That would be dope. Like, I think that's – I wish that's the route they take. But, yeah, I think I think you're probably right. We're getting the, the – and there's no way they can do it as perfect as Cena Batista. Because it's no. an accident. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, my, my quads. You blew them out. I love how there's a botch. And because of the botch, Vince can't walk for six months. <laughs> he falls backwards. Um, my, thing oh, too, my thing, too, with that would be um, you either go that route or you have Charlotte win the Rumble. And then you have Becky intervene into the match like Charlotte did at SummerSlam where, you know, she kind of went into that title match. The the only ways I can kind of see 
only two possible scenarios that would make, I guess, a little bit of sense. Mm-hmm. But, but it's, find out you know, it, next week. And <laughs> it, it, it's like I said, it looks like a good show. I mean, it could be a fun rumble. We, I can't wait. We, you know, once again, here's the crappy thing about it is we're all going to be sitting there watching it, just waiting for them to do something stupid. And that's the worst part about WWE right now is, is it's hard to enjoy it. Cause you're just sitting there waiting for the, waiting for the turn to happen where the thing starts to suck. It's like, Oh, I know it's coming. I know you guys are mm-hmm. going to do something stupid. It's just, I know, I know it's, I know it's coming. All I know is I hope just like when, uh, couple years ago when I got Randy Orton's number in our buy ourselves a number rumble game. I hope I'm the one that pulls Seth. Oh man. I hope you're not the one to pull Seth. (laughs) Do you remember when I, when, uh, when Isaiah had number 30 and it was Roman and everybody stared at him and he just sat in that corner uncomfortable. Like, cause he's like, (laughs) yes. And he's like, Oh, (laughs) That's like you son of a bitch. <laughs> Roman Reigns wins. <laughs> um, but oh uh, man, UK where we were going here, a couple matches left in the show. Um, <laughs> Jordan a Grace couple. defeats Ginny for the for the women's title. Um, I went three and a quarter. I I would have went higher, but Jordan Grace botched a couple things. Oh yeah, but it, I mean it wasn't too crazy. Um, yeah, Did Ginny just uh, seem like she was just like there? It didn't seem, like not until later on into the match, but it just seemed like she was kind of going through the motions, which I, you know, have become, you know, kind of a Ginny fan, you know, kind of after seeing her from, from Hello Wimbley and just seeing her from the latest episode of uh, NXT UK uh, with her match against Isla Dawn here. Um, but I don't know. It just, again, kind of seemed more, more going through the motions in that match. And she seemed a little at the first, yeah. And it was, I think, it, I think it could have been too a little bit of the trying to get used to the the opposition because I don't think they've ever worked each other. I could mm-hmm. be wrong. Um, so I think that could have had made a little bit of a factor where they're trying to figure each other out per se. Because then I thought once they got going, it was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. Ginny went for her face buster out of the turnbuckle, and I don't know what the hell. Jordan Grace did. She didn't go with it at all, though. And that was that was where I was like, Where she, oh. like, tumbled over? Yeah, it almost looked like when yeah. Nia Jax was supposed to get her and run it off the apron, and she just, like, fell over, and Sasha almost died. I, I enjoy her package, like, driver pin uh, for Jordan Grace's finisher, though. That is it's a yeah. mighty sick. Um, funny story, I guess, in involving this match, I remember, you know, it was like right when you went to Japan, this show I think was, you know, the results were in. I didn't see anything except I saw something that said new progress champ. And I was like, oh, no, what do I do? Like, Do I tell Jen to tell Ryan not to look at any Internet? Because I thought somehow Walter lost the title. So I because that's all it says. I can't click. I can't look. I got to watch the show. Blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, with the first show when we had a, a special Russell Cash Radio contributor um, and guest host David Ritter on, um, the first show we did were kind of uh, previewing Warrior Wrestling three, um, and and essentially 
it updated and it said progress women's championship match with Jordan Grace. And then when I'm going through the card, I'm like, oh yeah, progress women's champion Jordan Grace. And, and you know, it wasn't until later on in the show, I was like, wait, she was a progress <laughs> women's champ. And I was like, wait a second. And then I watched the show and she wins. I was like, huh. I was like, wait, was that the thing? <laughs> and then when you told me not to go on Twitter, because you why you just finished progress. I was like, wait, so he knows Walter wins. Do I tell him I know Walter wins? So or loses, does I mean? So I was like, wait. So if I would have said, Wow, it sucks to hear about Walter, you'd probably be like, What the hell is this guy smoking? When it was all about Jordan Grace. I apparently, you know, uh spoiled uh a week before the show even came out. So <laughs> You were having a hell of a situation there. It was a conundrum <laughs> like no other, man. It's like in a like in a movie where they like see they catch their like buddy's wife cheating and they don't know what to do if they should tell him or not tell him or so I hope he doesn't see this or check that. <laughs> I was like I was like, Well Jen think like what that who is this guy texting me about Walter? What's going on? You know, so I was like I I'll I'll let it lie. He's he's in Japan. He's he's got other stuff to watch. <laughs> um, Chris Brooks defeats Drew Parker um, death in match. one of those one of those death match kind of things, as he said to uh, the announcer. Or no, Drew Parker one. I didn't mean to say Chris Brooks one. Um, we see the return of Kid Lycos. Yeah, uh, PCK gets reformed. It was it was it was what it was. I went two and three quarters. Um, a couple things that maybe kind of, uh, but otherwise it wasn't too bad. There was that uh, that sandpaper Oof. spot was kind of gross, mm. and then when he couldn't get the damn staple out of his forehead, oh, it was yeah. disgusting. Well, he, in the beginning, you he starts off with stapling uh, Drew Parker's hand to the skirt of the ring, and you're like, oh god, we're, we're going, oh, we're going he, right away. And then he put the the ring skirt over his head and stapled yeah. it into his head. Yeah. And in my head, I'm going, how how do you know not to staple into his eye? Like, what if you didn't, like, you know what I mean? Like, what if he stapled his eyeball? Like, that was, oh, some of that stuff is nasty, man. Um, the One of the nastiest <laughs> spots, too, involved that, that mini ladder where he just slams, um, I want to say he slams a Parker, like, onto the corner spine <gasps> of the ladder where it was on its side. And I was like, oh, God, like, he he was decimating uh, Drew Parker <laughs> oh, for God. sure throughout this match. Um, but, uh, again, DNR, you know, uh, Drew Parker kind of making a name. That guy looks uh, and, and feels like Paul Robinson with hair, which is not a bad thing. Again, a nice little wild card in that uh, do not resuscitate uh, non-faction, if you will. Yeah, uh, he Drew Parker uh, definitely worked hard. He was he was working his ass off. He was really fun on that Fight Club Pro uh, show, also. Uh, Not for the surprise of the nights. Uh, the uh, the the uh, Swords of Essex. Yes. Not since chapter Making thirteen. Their... Yeah, that was. I was trying to find that spot that I had that I had seen. I can't. Oh, uh, here! Oh, yeah, here it was when um, in the middle of the uh, the four way, it was it was uh, Ricky Shane Page, Jimmy Havoc, Drew Parker, and Masashi Takeda. 
And right as Jimmy Havoc is about to do a foot pile driver off the top rope through a bed of light tubes elevated by two chairs to Ricky Shane Page, uh, Masashi Takeda on the ring apron decides to pick up uh, Drew Parker and give him the bloody Sunday on the ring apron. Um, oh God! It's like, well, that's the end of Drew Parker. <laughs> we didn't. You didn't. I don't, I don't even remember him going to the back. Like I just remember that was the last time we saw him. A bunch of Dick Druids comes out, carry him, carries him out of the ring. He doesn't show up till Jan- uh, Joey Ryan's beat his party. <laughs> um, man, th- this Paul Robinson went through hell in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, when doesn't he? There was, I don't know if you, if, so I had tweeted at him a little bit too. Um, so obviously he gets that Will Ospreay's tooth gets driven into the back of his head where he is like badly bleeding everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, then when he took that, uh, that ace cutter, ace crusher off of Will Ospreay's shoulders from Kyle Fletcher, he busted his nose and got blood, uh, black eyes on both of the eyes from mm-hmm. that, and he got knocked unconscious. He said he doesn't remember the last hour of, of like leading to that match and the match. And apparently after when he was trying to pin the dude, uh, I think it was Fletcher and, and Osprey yeah, trying to get him back in the ring, he didn't even know where he was at that point. Wow. Like, so he doesn't even, like, he watched the match back and he goes, I don't remember half of what I did to finish that match. Like, he got destroyed. Now, I went four and a half in that match. That match rocked. Yes, it did. Um, My God. Aussie Open showed why why they they definitely caught the eyes of, uh, of, of many wrestling fans in 2018, even in a losing effort. Um, I, I loved, uh, you know, the parallels or, you know, kind of the, the team, you know, of, of Mark Davis and, of course, Kyle Fletcher, but just how they, they complement each other so well. You got the big, strong guy in Davis and, you know, the high Don't flyer in Fletcher. But the, the spot where Davis grabbed Osprey and kind of held him down and then picks Robinson up, dead weight and all, with one hand, Power bombs, you know, Paul Robinson down after he's probably, like you said, totally has no idea where he's at. And then just throws Osprey down just right next was was just awesome. And and just to think to, you know, kind of see Will Osprey and a Kyle Fletcher, you know, kind of in the ring at the same time was was a treat and and cannot wait, you know, for for any impending rematches. <clears throat> But no, this was definitely a, a get out of your chair type of a match because you had no idea where the hell this was going to go. And then to crown new champions, and oh yeah, that one of those new champions, Ryan, ended up winning the I or yeah, open heavyweight championship. Uh, you know, just a few days later at the Tokyo Dome. So you know, it's it, it's crazy to just kind of think how he went in a green tag match. And then just four days later, wins another, you know, championship at Tokyo. And and here's this is something too that I really wonder, um, with with the way that these titles are going out is, you know, from from what it sounds like that that's the end of Bait and and Done in mm-hmm. progress. 
Um, I don't. I wonder what happens with Trent Seven. Like, are they going to let him work progress still? But they pulled Dunn and Bate. Like, I don't understand that one um, since he has a title. So mm-hmm. here in progress, you have a you have a guy who's got one of those contracts with WWE as the Atlas Champion. Then you have Valter, who's their world champion who's got a weird contract with NXT. You have an impact contracted wrestler as your woman's champion. And you have yep. a new Japan contracted wrestler as a tag champ. Progress is working with everybody. Which I guess isn't a bad thing if you think about it, just due to the fact that, you know, they're they're kind of sharing their wealth, which then brings more eyes to their product when they, you know, they see like, you know, or hear Will Ospreay wins tag team championship, you know, with, with, you know, heated rival against, you know, top tag team of 2018, you know, or, or you have something where Jordan Grace, you know, impact champion, you know, Oh, but she's also a a double champion. You know, again, she's not going to bring her progress belt out there. So I get that. I, I don't know. I, I would think you would bring more eyes like, progress, so here's but, my question. Is, huh. if, if progress ends up going on the WWE network like it was rumored to happen at the beginning of the year, how does that impact half the roster that doesn't wrestle for WWE? Like Jimmy Havoc, um, Will Ospreay, guys like mm-hmm. that, Jordan Grace. How does that – I wonder how that impacts. Like do they – does WWE immediately tell them they can't book those guys anymore? Or do they what? still wrestle and they're just not showing on the network their matches? I mean, one would think, I mean, Jordan Grace is the prime example. I mean, I, I think I posed that question to you about three weeks ago, you know, when I was like, well, she signed to Impact, but she debuted with Progress, and they're making her a big thing. So, you know, that's when I asked her, I was like, well, what's the mm-hmm. relationship with that? You know, and then it's really, you know, having an Impact wrestler who was now their champion with, you know, a company that has a seamless you know, working partnership with the WWE. So again, it's all just such a weird, you know, melting pot of, of wrestling, you know, where, you know, everyone still sees the WWE as the big baddie, but, you know, I guess we really won't know, you know, three, four months down the line when, you know, we all know a little bit more about what AEW is going to be doing, you know, and all these other, you know, quote unquote, exclusive contracts, you know, that everybody's going to be signing or hell, even teams that are requesting their release, you know, from certain companies at the moment. Well, and that's the, it, you know, not only did your question really spark my. And I don't think anyone knows. And I don't think that's the thing. I don't think anyone knows in these companies. Like you said, everybody no. is scrambling to do this and that. I think everybody is waiting to see what the WWE is going to do. But I don't even think they have any idea what's going to do because I think trips. As again, as much as people like to give him credit to Barry, 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 I think he's in his heart of hearts for the King of Kings. There, he he knows and loves professional wrestling. He respects mm-hmm. the days of the territory. Look again at what he has done with NXT, now with NXT UK, the relationships with Progress, WWN, Evolve, all that stuff. So his heart is on the pulse. As much as we hate to deny it. 
and I don't even think that's really a thing anymore, but for the small group that do, you know, he's someone that is probably trying to say, Vince, this is what's good for business, working relationships. It doesn't have to be 100% of the time, but if you can get, you know, to and from and work together, that is what will help thrive the industry, as we are seeing since, you know, January 1st. Well, that's the one thing that really, really threw me for the loop with you bringing up the, you know, Ryan, what does this Jordan Grace thing mean? Is when we, when Will Ospreay leaves with the title too now, like yeah. that, that was where I really went, okay, this is, this is interesting that a new Japan contracted wrestler um, is a champ, a champion of the same company as a WWE contracted wrestler. Isn't he contracted to Ring of Honor too, I thought? Not anymore, no. He, was, he had swear, a contract with that was like two years ago. He did. He had it back when um, uh, Marty Skrull first signed his con when he first showed up, and um, oh, who was the? It was when Marty Skrull was the TV champ. Best move, because I I remember seeing a headline, um, you know, right, you know, a little before Wrestle Kingdom. And it said a ring of honor to feature Will Ospreay a lot more in 2000. Yeah, it's right here. Ring of honor wants and to use Will be... Ospreay a lot. So yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah you're it's right. Pro- it's just more the new Japan relationship. Never mind. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's primarily he, what it is. He had a contract when they were doing those three ways with dragon kit or dragon Lee, Marty Skrull and him all the time. And he could never beat Skrull um, in those, <laughs> in those matches. But, but it's one, once again, it's like, they had him under contract for a year or two and they did nothing with him. Like, and now, mm-hmm. now they want to start using them. And it's like, so that, that'll be interesting. And, and once again, I think with this whole new Japan and ROH working together, I think once, when it's all said and done, um, <laughs> Kenny Omega holds all the cards because if Kenny still wants to work new Japan, but he's going to sign with all elite, the new Japan's going to make the relationship work with, with AEW. I, I, so I think that ultimately sets up what happens with those two companies. Um, right now, I mean, I get, you know, obviously with the, with the TV deal and everything right now, we know why they stuck with ROH. And, and let's be mm-hmm. honest, they're not going to jeopardize any of their ROH relationship until at least Madison Square Garden's over. Mm-hmm. Um, but Real quick, going back here, um, Eddie Dennis defeats uh, Marcel Bartel, uh, Axel Leader Jr. I, I only went three stars on it just for the fact that you could tell Axel Leader Jr., as, as fun as it was, has that WWE shtick on him. <laughs> and it wasn't the same Axel Dieter, the, the same ring comp gentleman that I'm used to. But it wasn't bad by any means. Three stars is a perfectly acceptable wrestling match. Um, were you surprised and, by the? Were you surprised by the win, by uh, from Eddie for Dennis? Dennis? No, no. It's they're a smart company where you know if you got somebody coming in from outside for a special appearance, and and you're having them face somebody that you're trying to build in your company, they come in and do the job. It doesn't affect them. They're not going to be back mm-hmm. anyway. Use that to build up your talent. I, I'm totally fine with them doing that. I think that was a smart play too. You know, you, you don't bring somebody in to take a victory from a guy you're pushing for a big, you know, look at, look at Ilya Dragunov came in and didn't beat Pete Dunne. Mm-hmm. 
You know, you, it, as much as it was an attraction for him to come in, you you just don't – they don't have to come in. It's not WWE where they bring him in and he's got to win right away. So <laughs> I like the fact that um, D- Dieter did the job to uh, Eddie Dennis. Keeps keeps the Dennis train going. Hell yeah. Um, Keep that going. I, I I dig him. I don't know what, what it is. I, I just like the character. I like I like his uh his ring prowess, if you will. I just like how he's just a brawler. You know, I yep. it's it's just a, a fun British JBL. I like that. That's a that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then obviously the other thing we had was um, the other thing uh, was <laughs> Tyler Bate versus uh, Pete Pete Dunn. I think I don't think this was as good as their other matches, which I, I no I still won four stars on it, but it was definitely not as good as their past performances. I did enjoy when Dunn ended up punking him out on the floor and he took that bump. I thought that was really good. Uh, yeah, then it turned no, the intensity up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a fun match. This was a fan service match. I mean, it, that mm-hmm. you know, finally when it did turn on, you know, it's you know, I I, I loved how Pete Dunne was mocking his you know British strong style uh, stable mate there, but Tyler Bateman again, that's the guy. Which you know, I I you know they they hinted at Pete Dunne leaving, but I was like, okay, they're building Tyler Bates to have a monster 2019. In progress, where they said, you know, at the end of the show, that both men, that was their last appearance there. So I, I have no idea, but it was great to see them trying to one up each other to start the match. But the first seven minutes was, you know, uh, Pete Dunne has has Tyler Bate in a submission, but then Tyler Bate would either bridge out of it via his neck or just like pick up Pete Dunne somehow or counter, you know, Dunne's submission. It was, uh, it was a great, great watch, and again, a, a Fun fan service type of match. Um, hard strikes. I, I loved the ferocious hits, chops, punches, kicks, um, you know, that you will. Uh, and and the, the trading off, you know, trying to, you know, hit each other's finishers on each other. Another another great spot. But Pete Dunn, man, uh, he definitely is the guy, um, you know, to face Walter where it's like, okay, I could see him possibly taking out the ring general. Although it could be hard, and he better take his vitamins that day. But, uh, again, <laughs> they hyped that ma- match very well. Um, over on the uh, on Progress 84, the time we fought in a bigger hall in Blackpool. <laughs> no. Um, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Some of these names. Um, have, have you seen – what any of these cards are supposed to be for progress 82 or 83 yet or 83 I just know 83 is the rematch for the tag team cha- well not rematch I apologize I think what is it the rematch let me see um it's for the uh the swords of sussex um but I want to say is it cck oh it's, it's uh yeah it's swords of essex against uh cck so not a rematch whatsoever <laughs> but um, it's going to be awesome. Holy shnikes. Ilya Dragunov yeah, versus Timothy Thatcher, possibly, because, whoa, that uh, just blew my lid off. Timothy Thatcher, get him on that NXT UK, even though he's a Sacramento legend there. Sorry, KJ. Um, but imagine, again, a ring comp in the WWE as one of the premier 
of stables in wrestling. Oh, Soak man, it up, w- America. Uh, Vince would be like, Timothy Thatcher's so goddamn boring. Ah. He'd hate him. I could he's just, like I, that I British guy. It. And there's like, oh, he's from Sacramento, Vince. What? <laughs> Put him in Son some shades bitch. and board shorts. Again, guys, so, me and Ryan have been doing Vince impressions way before this show, way before anything to wrestle with. So this is just us yeah. being us. Suck it. Um, Aussie Open are taking on uh, William Evers and Chuck Mambo of Do Not Resuscitate um, at that show. Uh, and then the other two, uh, Drew Parker and Spike Trevay, are taking on Eddie Dennis and Mark Haskins. So Haskins is not gone. Ooh, okay. Oh. Jody Fleisch against Angelico. Ridgeway and Aria. Wow. Oh, that's yeah, Chris, Chris Ridgeway and Shigehiro Irie. Um, and then you said they're doing Thatcher and um, Thatcher and Dragunov, I believe you yeah. said. And then obviously we have the Swords of Essex against CCK. God, so that's that's, a be, that's a pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a good show. Um, so tell me about Angelico. Um, Angelico worked a lot of uh, Lucha Underground. He's a champion down in AAA. He was like he he was a partners with uh, with. Uh, Jack Evans, and he wears like green and black, crazy okay. like crazy colored gear, um, like a motorcycle dirt bike kind of guy. Um, he's but he's he's done a lot in lucha underground. He was he was a pretty big deal there. Hmm. So that'll be sweet. I'll Chapter eighty five. Yeah. Uh, not no full cards yet, but eighty five and eighty six. Um, Austin Theory is making his debut there. Uh, Jordan Devlin's going to be back on the card, and DJ Z is going to be on the shows, too. Yeah, I did see that. Uh, good for him, man. Free agent. No longer under the shackles of Anthem. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what some of these guys... Um, you know, now that we're talking about that, I, I got some notes here I took down. Um, so, obviously, we talked the Roosh thing. Uh, apparently, the Lucha, the Lucha Brothers have big deals in place with both WWE and AEW, but Lucha Whoa. Underground is still kind of holding their contracts hostage. Why so, can't you pay it, off? As, as, have you ever heard of that where a company has paid off a contract early to sign mm-hmm. talent? Yeah, so why is the E not giving them the money? Well, apparently, Lucha Underground is, is hell-bent that they're going to be running Season 5. Like Eva Lease has has been trying to get released, and they won't let her leave her Lucha Underground contract. Um, Joey Ryan's still under contract with Lucha Underground. Otherwise, he would have already probably signed an AEW contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of these guys are still tied up in there. Uh, El Hijo El Hijo del Fantasmo, uh, King Cuerno, from there. He mm-hmm. apparently part of the reason he hasn't signed a contract anywhere and just kind of working freelance is because. He's also tied up in the Sucha Underground stuff where they won't let him walk. So it sounds like a lot of these people are just tied up in this, these Lucha Underground deals. Brian Why are these Cage contracts done? Johnny Impact. Uh, I think two years still. Oh, my gosh. Um, what if the El Rey Network goes under? Are they still technically under contract? I don't know. I, I, I can try to look into it and see if I can get an answer. Because I thought I just... I thought I'd seen recently where, where there was pretty much like, no, there, there's not going to be another season whatsoever. So what, how does it, how would a one null and avoid? I, I hope, because there's just a lot of good talent out there that should be kind of exposed a little bit more and just not kind of on 
the internet circuit, if you will. Mm. Well, here, so here's another thing too: is with you know, MLW had said that they signed them to to the Lucha Bros the contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, MLW's contracts apparently this is the stuff I heard from Court, uh, Court Bauer stuff. Um, they allow basically you're allowed to work anywhere but WWE and ROH. Um, it was just a WWE thing where you could work anywhere, but if you sign an MLW deal, you can't work WWE. Apparently, ROH is on that list now because of what happened with the Roosh situation. Oh. Um, uh, they, what, what their deals have been is it's low money, like 150 bucks a date for two years. So if they use you five times, you know, that, you know what, 750 bucks or whatever. And I guess a lot of the talents have been turning it down and not are leaving. Like we saw Shane Strickland said he's a free agent now. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of these guys were like, screw this. This isn't worth it. Um, there's no money in this. And the problem is they have priority over you. So, you know, WrestleMania week, and there's been a couple MLW guys, uh, T- filthy Tom Lawler was booked by the uh, black label pro company and he got pulled from the show. They, they posted on Twitter um, due to an MLW commitment. So, you know, if they're bringing you in to do interviews um, for the MLB, MLW TV, you're not necessarily getting paid for it because it's not an actual booking date, but they still have priority over you to do some of these interviews and stuff. So it sounds like these MLW contracts are not that, not that legal binding, which is why the Lucha Bros are suddenly working everywhere else is because, it's, yeah, they maybe are, are under a contract like that, but it's nothing that crazy. So MLW, you say, possibly could be paying their talent only one hundred and fifty dollars a a booking. Yeah. Why and who can survive off of that? Yeah, that's like. What if I they film multiple shows in a night? <laughs> Do they get paid per show, or is it just because no, you're per there? Date. Per date. Wow. So that's why if like they have a couple big names that maybe they paid more for. But if you look at a lot of these guys in MLW, it's a lot of talent that they've you know, look at um um what's his name? MJF walked from it, Joey Janela yeah. walked from it. You know, all these guys where they're trying to grab them before they're worth a damn. Um the problem is these people are getting a lot bigger and better and mm-hmm. they just can't compete with it. No, I that's really low if you ask me, but I don't know. It's interesting to see if that's a real thing. Um, Kushida to 205 Live, we already mentioned that. Um, the other thing, too, that I was told, which definitely has a ripple effect, once again, in AEW and New Japan really not working together, um, it, which completely shows that there's no alliance between the two. Um, there's big talks that two or three stars from New Japan are jumping ship to AEW. Whoa. Obviously, I think Kenny Omega is probably one of them. But there has been no names said about the other ones. I don't. I don't think. I would say there's a one percent chance that this ha- this ever happens. But there's one guy who I I think in the back of my mind I I can't guarantee it. But don't and and I don't want this to start an internet rumor or anything like that. But if you if you have a big star and they don't want to say some of the names. Kenny Omega's great friend, or uh, Kazuchika Okada's great friends with the Young Bucks. They they went out of their way to look after him when he was in Impact. 
there was that mm-hmm. time where they wanted Okada to blade and he wasn't comfortable with it and management was pushing him to do it and the Bucks told him to F off and leave him alone and stood up for him and got in trouble for it, but they didn't care because they didn't you know it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And you know, he he worked all in and basically told Kidani, yeah. Look, I'm working there regardless of I have your blessing or not and Kidani just kinda let him do it. And he's the reason the Bucks got booked and I tell you what, if they if they really dogged the Bucks and AEW guys out um, a couple of days before that Tokyo Dome show to the point they didn't even show up for New Year's Dash, if the wrong thing got rubbed the wrong way, that's one guy I could see going there. And that's a guy that's going to get a big contract from the cons, that is for sure, because, again, yeah, that's the potential matchups, <laughs> the talent that will, you know, not only – the uh, the FTRs of the world, sorry, hashtag FTRs. Uh, but you know, you you got other people, you know, asking for the release, you know, just again to kind of be a part of this fantasy wrestling. But again, it, it, it's fantasy wrestling done right. You know, it's going to be something, you know, that's not just going to be like, hey, we're going to throw, you know, Okada versus, you know, Kenny Omega right away. It's something that's going to build, you know, that, that they're going to be smart about. Look, we are, we're already getting a hangman page, you know, uh, Pac, you know, kind of a, a tease there, which again, on paper, oh, I, can't wait. I never would have expected that. But when I saw that, I was like, I need that now. So again, well, they're not incorporating even, so many things. Not even expecting it, but tell me when you ever would have thought when you're fantasy booking that you'd be like, oh man, Oh, I would love to watch Hangman Page wrestle Pac. Like, it's not even something anyone even thought about as a as a dream type thing. Like, and I don't mean dream match, but like if you look on paper and you go, "Holy shit, they're gonna book Page <laughs> versus Pac," that's gonna ruin. And I'll tell you what, I I think the Young Bucks are are and Cody are gonna do this right, and I think they're not gonna screw it up. They're not gonna quote unquote Triple H themselves with the booking. I'm not talking about the way he books mm-hmm. as the owner. He's he's incredible, but you know, Cody's not going to book himself to be the champion. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to take the Gagne or Triple H or Jeff Jarrett approach where I get it. You can't rely on everyone. So you rely on yourself because you know that you're going to be there. So I understand it's, it's a confidence thing, but I mean, the fact that the Bucks and Cody are already putting Paige into the program is the smartest thing you could do. Because mm-hmm. Hangman Page is young. And if he gets, if he just continues to keep improving, there's, I mean, there's a reason that that Triple H offered him main roster money to be a headliner in NXT, which is unheard of to think of, because Triple H isn't stupid. This guy is, this is a diamond, and this is the epitome of a diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you see it every time Adam Page goes out there, he he impresses and just gets better any time. So I think that's a, a great move by establishing him in the first promo and or the first angle for the title. And I I love the fact that this not only shows that they have the, the OWE alliance and the Stronghearts alliance, but it also shows that Shima and and Dragon Gate must be getting along because now they're they there's obviously a Dragon Gate alliance with the two now. Mm-hmm. You know, so there is a lot of talent that could be coming. I we, we may see Yamato and BB Hulk in, in the company. They're I think the tag champs are playing <laughs> here right now. You that know, would it'd be, be dope. Oh. So there's a lot of good that's going to come from this. Um, uh, you know, and for people who are you know for the, the AEW, 
you know, I, I can't say nothing. I, I've already told Alex, but I can't say nothing on the air. But trust me, there's a TV deal in place, and you guys mm-hmm. are going to be happy. And it, it's it's coming sooner than later. Just be patient. They still have to run these. these there's a couple shows they're going to run first. But this before the year's over, this company's going to be off and running. And I can't wait to see what this company can do on, on TV. And something's going to be happening in Los Angeles if you check the Bucks uh, Twitter as well as Hangman's and Cody's. What did it say? It said, see you uh, in Los Angeles. It's probably the – remember the thing I was telling you about uh, February 8th is where we we don't have to worry about these rumors of Kenny anymore? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There was a couple AEW contracted wrestlers who had to pull out of indie dates um, on February 8th for an AEW commitment. I think they're running a rally, and that's the day he signs. Ooh. So that's – you heard it for this, – this is straight out of my mouth. This wasn't told me by anyone, so I'm, I can say it. But that's my prediction I'll give right now is I think February 8th, the reason they're locking this date in with all their talent is they're going to run another press conference. They're going to announce some more stuff, and that's when they're going to announce Kenny. <laughs> Uh, I, I was just thinking of uh, who would be the worst announcements that they would have. Probably Mantar. <laughs> they sign Adam Rose. Damn it. Hey, Leo Kruger. I, I, I heard good things about that guy. Yeah, there's. <laughs> he's all swole now that he's off the drugs. He's gained like 50 pounds of muscle. Oh, man. He's all like just, just yoked out of his mind. Maybe he needs that $150 uh, date appearance from, from MLW. <laughs> like, seriously, that's a slap in the face. It seems like more bingo halls, uh, that's a terrible term, more auditoriums are paying more than that, right? $150. I, uh, oh, excuse me. I think the other thing, too, you got or that I I'm assuming when I look at this is that's when they're getting the guys that don't have big deal exposures where they can mm-hmm. pay them that and guys are going holy crap I get to be on TV and you still get to take other bookings it's just the problem is if they need you you got to pull out of the booking so if they yeah, decide but how to run, do you make a basis if you're only making maybe one in fifty to four hundred a week and maybe only do two weeks of of wrestling. How do you live on that? So let me, I'll use it as this way. Okay. Alex, you're, you're a guy on the indie scene that gets about a hundred bucks a booking. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I come to you and say, look, I want to sign you for two years. You're going to, I'm going to give you 150 bucks a show. So you're going to get 50 bucks more. Um, You know, it'll be per date. So when, whenever we do our taping, so it's not going to be all the time, but the advantage you get to use is now, you have TV exposure on a nationally syndicated TV show and on fight TV and all this, where you can now charge more for your independent bookings. As long as you're not working with WWE or ring of honor, you could take as many bookings as you want. So you could work every weekend and charge 200 bucks a person if you really want to. So now Mm -hmm. you've up your, and you're going to get booked a lot more now because if say you're getting booked twice a month, well now you might get booked, you know, two times a week. So, yes, you're getting low money from me, but I'm giving you national exposure. I don't know. That just seems way, <laughs> way I'm not, I'm not disagreeing underpaid. with that. 
but so what these guys and perf- guys and gals do, these performers, you know, yeah, you know, five, ten, fifteen, thirty minutes, you know, in in a ring, it's just so much physicality, so much that you do, and then again, they're putting the butts in the seats. When I hear numbers like that, I'm like, what? So let me let me say it, let me say it this way. So say you were working three times a month and you were charging a hundred appearance. So you're getting three hundred mm-hmm. a month for wrestling. Obviously, you still have a shoot job. Um, now, because of the exposure you got from signing with with us at MLW, now you're getting three three bookings a week, which accrues to twelve a month. So you've quadrupled your wrestling income, and you can charge double. So you're making eight times a month what you were making. You mm-hmm. went from making three hundred dollars in three matches to making twenty four hundred in twelve matches. Interesting. It's a lot of now, so you know, and then and then that's where if well, yeah, but you're only going to give me one hundred and fifty bucks. Okay, well then you don't need my nationally syndicated program. Good luck to you, and I hope everything goes well. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not hurting me. <laughs> wow. I yeah, it's like, but but that's just me, you know, playing the other side of it. You know, mm-hmm. um, as a as a, in the worker mind, I think it's garbage. I'm with you. Um, but if I'm the promoter, that's that's my way to, to to smooth it over and make it work. So now I get talent for cheap, where I can run my shows all profit. But hey, you're still gaining exposure out of it. So now you're going to get more bookings. The only yeah, thing is, you if, can't if you already in, have that in exposure the, after a few months. I mean, can't you just keep that ball rolling on the independent scene? Yeah, but I have your I have your rights for two years. You signed a contract. Oh man, you see it on so dumb like, dumbs. That's that's where it's the devil's at. Speaking of contract, um, do you remember from the uh, the Janela LA Confidential show that I that I ordered? Um, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure you watched it. That was the Arquette one. Uh, yep. Jungle Boy. Do you remember Jungle yeah. Boy? He wrestled Tony Deppin. Luke Perry. Um, he signed with. Yeah, he signed with All Elite today. Really? Wow. Yeah. I don't know if it's well. That's elite. why they wanted to say yet. see you in see you in Los Angeles slash Beverly Hills. <laughs> <laughs> Are they going to book David Arquette versus Luke Perry? Uh, if they're smart, I mean, wow. <laughs> so, I mean, is that one of the four that they signed? Um, as was teased in the uh, being the elite episode, maybe. I and like I said, it's I, I haven't seen anything come out, um, like come out on the dirts or anything yet. I was just heard from somebody about it, and that's the only reason I know. So, I don't know any of the details until Meltzer probably starts talking about it. Um, but you know, kudos to them. They're great. And, and that's where once again, they're being smart. They're grabbing some of these young guys that everyone's trying to swoop up They're, You know, you, it's, it's great yeah. that they have SCU and it's great that the bucks are there and Cody's there and Kenny Omega will be there and Janelle and MJF. Like it's, it's good that they did that, but you do have to sign. Some it's all about your make card. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you know, who's, who's going to put over, uh, MJF. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's great you got him, but you need somebody to get him over. So I, I think it's a smart move. You you get some of these young talent. I a guy that I'm wondering what happens after he gets healthy is: Do you think any of these companies go after Marco Stunt with how big of a name he made for himself? Or if he's not MLW, I mean, I I think he might use his Janela connection. Um, 
And, and you know, and he, he's tight with the guys, you know, especially from StarCast and All In, you know, being in the uh, the Battle Royal, I, I think it's probably going to be 80% chance he probably signs with uh, AEW. Imagine mm-hmm. him and Jungle Boy, either in a one-on-one or a tag team, you know, a type of a setup. I mean, that's just your, 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 run, your young uh, talent, you know, right away where, again, that's two talents that you could build off of. Um, apparently they wanted uh, Jungle Boy to also sign a little longer term, but apparently uh, his father and their legal team said it probably wouldn't be best to sign anything over two years uh, this early in his career. So I can see I can see both sides because one, if you're all elite, you try to lock him up. So when he does continue to develop and improve, like it seems like he's going to be somebody that does you have his mm-hmm. rights and you got him locked up. And I can also see the standpoint that, you know, his dad said where it's like, Hey, look, you know, he needs to be available once he starts peaking. So I, I get mm-hmm. both of them. I think it's a smart move by AEW to try to lock him up long-term. And I think it's a smart move by his camp to, to have him not do it, you know, but then you're also, ba- you know, betting on yourself and hoping you don't get hurt. Don't get wow, that's so crazy. It's Luke Perry's son, and he's awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, God, I guess the the skies are the limits for Jungle Boy and hopefully Marco stunts. And is it weird when you see uh, um, not not DJ Z? What, what was his gimmick? Um, the guy who who urinates himself on on pay per views now, Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick. Um, isn't it weird to see him like in this like? Head guy in charge role, and then just like a guy in a vest pee in his pants, like on another <laughs> show. Like I, I'm it's like, why is he an authority figure? <laughs> I'm watching 205 Live, like you said to do. And oh. I watched this is the uh, the latest episode. I watched the uh, the previous one with uh, with uh, a Tommy and and Cedric Alexander, which was a a pretty damn good match. So. I was just confused. I'm like, he's still the authority figure, huh? How could you take anything that guy says seriously? Does that storyline work in this, you know, part of that universe? So I, I again, watching it mute. So I don't know if anyone's making p uh, p jokes at him. <laughs> well, that's one of those things. Once again, it was like, why do you have the babyface uh, general manager being the heel manager for the AOP, and then you have baby face Leo Rush managing Bobby like it was just yeah. stupid how it was like it just didn't work or you know whatever um the other thing too is I think this 205 live from last week um when the Canellas are out there I guess Maria Canellas cuts like a shoot promo really? and then I and then and nobody thought anything of it and then they asked for their release today so they like, asked oh. for their release yeah, it's a fun time to be a wrestling fan. From uh, it blows inside my mind too. to the outside of the ring. You know, they they sign they sign the Canellas. Mike Canellas blows his debut immensely. Mm-hmm. Um, gets gets all out of shape and it completely takes a turn for the worse of his life, and then she gives birth to a kid, so she's off TV. <laughs> He gets himself right, gets all back in shape. They put him back on TV, and then they're like, "Hey, thanks for keeping us with the company when none of us are working. Now we want to, we want out." Like, I'd be like, "Screw you!" <laughs> you know, Lisa so Gary, not a good idea. Like, 
Yeah, like it was like a month into you guys coming back or coming to the company, and everything happened, and we let it. You know, we helped you through it all, still paid you, and now you want out. Now that you're all good, mm-hmm. like what kind of gratitude is that? Yeah, I I was a little yeah when I when I kind of saw that I was a little confused due to the fact that you know kind of you know in the in the vein of what you said where it's just like you know at least try to do something on on TV I get if they're not getting put out there what can they showcase but yeah I mean you you try to do as much as you can with as much as what they did for for them but. I mean that that's business. I I suppose you know even even though it might not look like uh, you know kind of the best actions from the Canellas and or Bennett's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it wasn't. I I don't think it, it it was either the show that happened yesterday. It was the show that happened the week before. I'm actually gonna go on my Xbox and uh, boot up the app and check it out myself because I didn't see this shoot interview. Um, I just heard about it earlier in the day, so. I'm a little intrigued to see what the heck she's talking about. Why does Kenta's about? hair look like a uh, a really bad wig? Because <laughs> hopefully he's angry Grandpa Kenta and he doesn't care anymore and he's just going to hurt somebody on whatever you're watching. Yeah, By the way, he, I don't know. Did, did uh, you watch um, the Marafuji, 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 I don't know why I can call him Fuji, uh, anniversary show stuff from, I know you don't watch a ton of Noah, but um, Kenta worked the main event. They let him go back, and he worked um, a match against Marafuji. And uh, no, I did not. Awesome, awesome. Ooh, I'll have to check this that out. This was like old Kenta. Like he was, he was back murdering people, which is crazy too. Because <laughs> then, like I said at that Fight Club Pro show we went to, randomly Akira Tozawa worked that show, and I was really surprised to see him on that show. He um, he tagged with Miko Satamora, and they wrestled. Uh, Chris Brooks and Kid Lyco, CCK. Whoa. That's yeah, that, oh, my God. They're putting that show on DVD, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to for sure pick that up, and then we can we can watch it because I'd like to um, I'd like to check it out again because it was yeah, a, it was yeah. a tremendous show, just That's a tremendous show. Trip. Um. I'm trying to remember the the exact card. I was going to pull this up here, real quick. Um, I don't know. Maybe they took it off because I do not see any Canellas interview on this on this episode. Friday, huh. February first, Fight Club Pro, the Russell House nineteen, Dunkzilla himself, Mark Davis taking on Walter. Whoa, where's that at? <laughs> That's a Fight Club Pro. It's another UK company. Okay. Yep. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds a way tight. Here, um, Project Tokyo. Let me get the. Uh, oh, it's going to be on video on demand too. It sounds like okay. That's pretty tight. Let's see if I can if I can find this DVD here. Um, Man, changing the universe, indeed. Yeah, it's dude, it's it's wild. Like some of the stuff that that just thinking about what's been going on and all the changes and stuff. It's like, what the hell? I, well, Is I it weird a, I that a, I I think? Uh huh. Mess listen. Oh, here we go. I found it. Okay, so this was this was the show. Um, it was Fight Club versus DDT. We saw the Hunter brothers, Lee and Jim Hunter, took on Moonlight Express, uh, Mike Bailey and Mao from DDT. 
Nice. Yep. Um, and then uh, Beauty Bear, uh, Chirohiro Hashimoto, who's the champion in, in Sendai Girls. I can't remember her partner's name. I apologize. Took on Dash Sago, who's one of my favorites going, and Millie McKenzie in a Sendai Girl tag match. <laughs> and then wow. we had the, the big strong tag matches. Uh, the str- uh, strong BJ, Daisuke Sakamoto and Yuji Okabayashi took on Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher of Aussie Open, which was tremendous. Um, then we get the Strong Hearts exhibition. Uh, Seki Yoshioka and Shima took on T-Hawk and L. Lindemann. That was awesome. Um, then what they considered was a dream tag match. CCK, Chris Brooks, and Kid Lycos took on Miko Satomura and Akira Tozawa. And then the main event was main event was Death House 3, which was Masashi Takeda, Drew Parker, Jimmy Havoc, and Ricky Shane Page. So, I mean, this <laughs> card was tremendous. Oh, it was so fun. Yeah. I'm going to order that DVD. Um, it starts shipping next Monday, so I'm going to get my order in before nice. Monday so I can get on that first run of them. But Royal Rumble, yeah, yo. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'll get it by the Rumble. That'd be perfect. We can watch it then. Does Taya Valkyrie uh, battling Jazz do anything for you? No. What the hell is that? Is that on MLW? Uh, ladies Title Match Network, Ladies Night Out 4. That's all it says. Hmm. Cool. Don't know. Jazz is still going, huh? Jeez. She's the NWA Women's Champion. Oh, yeah, that's right. She faced, uh, was it Brandy Rhodes? No. Who was at the last show she just faced? Uh, I don't know, to be very honest with you. I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't haven't kept up. uh, What is this on my, I'm getting my, my Xbox ready. I realized that. Uh, Blog Talk has a red countdown timer saying recording left on it, so they're getting ready to kick us. Um, I, uh, I was going to boot up and try to find this this promo, too. And if I can find it, I'll give it to you. But I, I forgot I was watching something called Slobby's World or something like that on Netflix. Oh, you're watching that? Yeah. yeah. It's like a swearing ghetto pawn, pawn stars. <laughs> yeah. Watch the shit out of it, though. Yeah, a lot of cool merch. Yeah, I was marking with all them jerseys they had. I was like, okay. Oh, and that started. guy's uh, garage where it just had just bins of jerseys. <laughs> That's like my, like my closet in high school. <laughs> same, same here. That was why I was uh, <laughs> I wore hockey jerseys and wind pants to work or school every day, <laughs> and my nickname was Swish Swish Tight. Because <laughs> you the of the fans. It was nice you gave yourself that nickname. <laughs> oh man, um, Alex, we got to get back on here pretty soon, pretty quick. Um, our ballots. Yeah, we got to talk your excursion. Yep, I would like to do. I would like to talk those Japanese shows, break those down, um, talk the award nominees. I still part of the reason I haven't posted it was because I sent you that match on Facebook and I, I'm still trying to figure out if there was anything worse in 2018 than that match. Pretty bad. I had, um, I had two people watch that and mm-hmm. the reactions that I got from these people asking if this was like fake or why half of what was happening was happening. Like mm-hmm. he dropped toe hold where he like fell over and like slightly tripped him. And then the dude just tipped over or the um, like the the sexual attack in the corner, um, somebody did, and I mean, it was it was one of the worst 
worst matches I've ever watched in my entire life. This was a match that I don't know what was worse. Uh, everything you said or the lack of just crowd, um, well, A, lack of crowd, and just the, the, the response uh, was, was just god-awful. Um, like you said, uh, you always work work the left, right? You yep. always work the left. They did not get that memo. They did not watch The Wrestler, directed by Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> After the, the, like the first 30 seconds, uh, I, Jordan was sitting there, and he's like, He's like, wow, that was an awful standing switch. Wait, why is he grabbing his right arm? <laughs> from there, it was just, it was over. So, um, I'll I'll get these ballots out to everybody. But yeah, and then the worst part was uh, they had a guy named Holocausto defeat a guy named Shalom. Shalom, yeah. <laughs> and, and he beat him with like a two. He had him in a tombstone and just shook him, and he. <laughs> And he gave up on the Shades of the Yeti. <laughs> Twenty-four oh, years ago, man. But we'll, we're gonna get these ballots posted. I'll start. I'll start tagging everyone in them. But uh, yeah. So we'll be back. Um, we'll probably be back again this week before the week's over, so we can. Yep. We can talk and then next week, and talk I'm Performance those. Center bound. Going Ooh. to the old town. When are you going to Orlando? On uh, Sunday, and I returned the day of a Royal Rumble, which Ooh. then I will drive after a long flight, very early in the morning, hopefully with no snow, to watch hopefully the uh, the, the resurgence of WWE pay per views. I I, um, I believe there's going to be ten of us for this year's Rumble, so I'm going to see ten. what everyone wants to. Yeah, so we can. Everybody's going to be able to buy three numbers this year instead of five. So I, I was almost no thinking we, cages. I don't none, no, none of that shit. No, no. Thankfully, there's I, the person who who brought kids in cages won't be there. I can guarantee you that. Oh, um, thank so God. Won't have to worry about that. <laughs> um, it'll be like Jordan and Isaiah and people like that. But um, I'm almost thinking since. People are only going to be we're, we're only going to be able to buy three numbers instead of five. We should do like mm. ten bucks a number, because then the mm. winner gets three hundred. Nice, nice, clean three hundred bucks for the winner. <laughs> so we'll we'll have to all partake and figure that out. But we will return um, hopefully here before Alex shoves off, and then we will be back next week. Uh, some yeah, more great content. Check us out, Facebook. Uh, love us on a WrestleCaster Radio. Put that in the search bar. Don't forget also Strong Style Media. Um, on Twitter, follow us at WrestleCast underscore SSM. Again, at WrestleCast with a T underscore SSM. Uh, don't forget, get the merch. Three awesome shirts, a fourth to come with the wrestling gurus uh, kind of being showcased hopefully there. Uh, we got the Woos, the Oh Yes, and the A Chicos uh, coming at you uh, for WrestlingTees.com <laughs> forward slash WrestleCast. Only $19.99. They always got awesome sales. You know, I'm sure free shipping options. You know, uh, check out an awesome WrestleCast radio shirt as well as some of the best wrestlers on this planet. Uh, and of course, blogtalkradio.com forward slash WrestleCast radio, uh, iTunes, Stitcher. Hell, we are on your Google Home and Google Home minis. All you got to say is, okay, Google, play strong style media. And that's this episode yeah. of WrestleCast radio. 
instantaneously. What a time to be alive. Welcome back, Ryan. Thank you, sir. It's good to be back. I'm glad we got to do this, and uh, we'll be doing this again with y'all very soon. Thank y'all for listening. We'll catch y'all.